We just need to prove it. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is December 23rd, 2020. This is episode 280. And today, the great resist. And it's uh, Christmas is coming and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we praise Jesus while reporting the egregious with a well-rounded, biblically grounded take on world events. Welcome to the show. Yay. All right. So we're almost there, Gons. It's, we made it past the 21st. Yeah, you know, we're still here. Asteroid. Yes, I, I haven't gained any superpowers or whatever else was supposed to happen. Um, things continue on on their completely insane trajectory. Yeah, I was hoping like the movie Night of the Comet, which I am reviewing now from mm. 1984. I was uh, hoping to wake up to a retro retro wave life, you know, yeah. sky red, me riding a motorcycle down yeah, the street. Not, not so much luck there, Gons. I know it didn't happen. I'm still yeah. in my, my minivan with children um, in the back. <laughs> Another monolith did pop up on the 21st, though, over oh, in Napa, Napa, California. Oh, yeah. I don't think we have a story about it, but, you know, this don't need to read an article about another monolith popping up. We all know what happens. You know what we should do? You and mm-hmm. I, we should put up a monolith with our logo on it. You know, if, if we're going to do the monolith thing, put put a logo yeah. on it. So it's, uh, you know, it. it it, it's free advertising. Yeah, it's not very good advertising. Whoever's doing well, this, because uh, we don't know. There's no, there's no QR code to scan on those things. Yeah, but for there's those no in the know, coupon. For those in the know, it's it's a advertisement for the evolution of man and the ascension of humanity and the new world order elite. Uh, you know, the whole thing. So mm, that's what, that it what it is. Yeah. Oh, I thought somebody was just giving the earth some, uh, acupuncture treatment or something. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, the one in Napa looks a little different though. You know, the, the other one's been popping around, popping up. They're all very straight lines, very clean, very monolithic. This one was all wiggly. And edges, rough edges is kind of reminded me of, you know, the monolith version of, uh, well, it's rustic. Like you would find in a antique shop in Napa. Is it Napa, California? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I I'm think seeing, I'm seeing, I don't know what other Napa is. And there's well, some people, uh, posing by it with wine, I think because Napa, <laughs> yeah, they should have just had a giant wine bottle uh, monolith <laughs> yeah. instead of yeah, you know, I, we I don't, don't even it. have to put up our own monolith we can just go to the existing one slap a sticker on there baby oh yeah good call yeah. 
Um, okay, well, what do we got going on with the... Oh, right at the top here. Yes. Uh, I do want to mention, if you haven't done it yet, hit the like button on YouTube. Thank you very much. Helps those algorithms out. Um, and don't worry, you can always take it away later if you want, but uh, please do it now. But other than that, I do want to mention again the Canary Cry News Talk uh, custom knife giveaway. That's right. You're, you're, your time is ticking. You've only got a I don't know five six days um, and for those who did not hear about it maybe you skipped the break on the last episode we have a very talented producer Nigel who creates custom knives and he has so generously offered to make one available to a very lucky canarian and so if you're a collector or you just like cool stuff or whatever whatever you're into, um, you should enter to win a custom-built knife from producer Nigel. And he is, uh, I believe, Gons, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's not even built yet. You know, he's waiting till there's a winner and then there, there will be discussions. I, I mean, it truly is a custom job. Yeah, whoever the winner turns out to be will get in contact with Nigel and he will tailor make some of the elements of the knife for you so yeah uh, the thing to yeah, keep in good. mind these knives they, mm. it will kill that's it right will. very it very will. sharp yeah and uh all, it'll be a good uh, post-apocalyptic zombie cutting knife yes how do well. people do it how do people enter so this is what you're going to do because sweepstakes laws are very complicated and we can't sell raffle tickets or anything. What we are doing is doing a social media blitz. So on whatever social media you use, uh, if you share a piece of Canary Cry radio or Canary Cry News Talk content, maybe it's an episode, maybe it's a video, maybe it's uh, a podcast, whatever it may be, share something uh, with on a post, tell people how much you love the show and make sure to hashtag it with uh, hashtag canary cry news talk so we'll be able to find it um, and you'll get one entry for every post you do so go nuts and um, we'll be searching the major uh, social media networks for that hashtag so make sure to put the hashtag on there hashtag canary cry news talk and uh, but if you want to doubly make sure you get put into the drawing um, you can take a screenshot and send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. So make sure to do that. You've got a pretty good chance. I mean, there's been uh, some people doing it, um, but as of now, I'm telling you, if you, you make a couple posts and send them in, uh, you got a pretty good chance of getting a sweet custom-made knife from a Canary Cry producer. Yep, there you go. Good stuff. Okie dokie. All right. Any election hubbub we need to get out of the way here at the top? Uh, and so my question is very direct. Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple things. There's um, the latest I'm receiving here in a tweet by Dr. Russell McGregor. Breaking Rudy Giuliani drops a bomb on the war room, says Arizona lawmakers will likely vote Wednesday to certify President Trump as a winner. <laughs> so wow. that's today, that right? Certainly would be something. Yeah. yeah. So we'll Is that going see. on today. Should we keep an eye on the oh, yeah, we'll, Rudy Giuliani Twitter account? Well, <laughs> I don't know about I don't know if he has one, but uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see if that actually goes down. But 
Uh, Trump needs a little more than that to to you know re uh, or reverse the the election. At um, least it would be something. Yeah, I mean, sure. come on, sure. Uh, the other thing, the Washington Examiner published this on the 22nd. Sidney Powell accuses White House officials of blocking her access to Trump. And, huh. uh, you know, Sidney Powell, the Kraken lady. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got all the goods. And uh, I, I think she does. I actually th- do think she does have some some pretty compelling evidence that hasn't been properly vetted in the courts because obviously it's been. Uh, you know, all the courts are rejecting it before they even weigh the evidence. It's on lack standing. of standing. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say there. I think they're either they're afraid and this sort of uh, confirms the bias that they don't want the evidence to be put out there or uh, uh, I don't know. Or she's just uh, <laughs> Trump is like, I don't need so you. What do, what do they mean? Blocking like not letting her make phone calls to him or well does it have any details on what that even means yeah it says here that are they physically boxing her out like an nba play yeah so this is powell's quote from the article i haven't met or spoken with the president since friday night the president knows this election was stolen but he is not getting the support he the constitution and the republic deserve his own people are misleading and undermining him while protecting their own careers and agendas which mm-hmm. again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. I, I think she sure. is pretty uh, spot on with that quote. I haven't spoken with the DNI on those issues at all. She added my efforts to educate Rudy on demonstrable foreign inter- interference in the election, including, uh, including multiple CISA and FBI findings have been met with irrational hostility. I've been blocked by white house counsel and others from seeing or speaking to the president since I raised the public formal findings and even more evidence of the foreign interference from Iran and China in this election. And uh, she goes on here. What are they trying to hide? American elections are supposed to be easily auditable and transparent. That's why federal law punishes the failure to keep all records for 22 months with up to one year in prison. This is important not only to the United States, but to the world. There is no way of hiding this fraud and moving on as if any election could ever be trusted again. Our entire government seems to have become a big lie and cover up. The American people are 100% fed up. Um, So I don't know. I guess, you know, she was because I was seeing things about uh, Sidney Powell uh, visiting the White House last week. So maybe there is some kind of physical, you know, stoppage where, you know, you can't go in or you can't call or you can't do anything. On that account, they're boxing me out of the White House, too. (laughs) White House officials are restricting Basil from getting to President Trump. Well, they see this swole, googly-eyed man with a pizza wrapped around his waist walking towards <laughs> the like, White oh House. Oh my gosh, he's so strong. <laughs> Don't let him near us. Uh, so right. there's one thing there. Um, I do want to mention a couple other things regarding the elections. And I, I didn't know where to put this. I didn't want to make it a whole thing. But um, mm-hmm. you know, part of the concern here is that China is behind the uh the the corruption of the election and yes that would be concerning it would be definitely concerning and also china has been behind the communist world takeover has been part of the plan that's rolled out for years and i think we're seeing a, a big part of it now but um as part of that discussion i wanted to share this piece by uh the hill.com real quick and it's written by Joseph Bosco, opinion contributor. And 
the title of this article is we can help the Chinese people change their communist regime. And mm-hmm. I was reading through this and I thought, what, what in the world? I mean, if this isn't part of the takeover narrative, I don't know what is. So uh, let me just read a couple paragraphs real quick. When Joe Biden takes over from Donald Trump, he will confront a complex and daunting China problem. But Trump's team will also leave Biden a simple, though not easy, China solution to take Chinese Communist Party, CCP, out of the equation. <laughs> well, before okay. China unleashed Sounds the coronavirus. Easy. I know. Well, before China unleashed the coronavirus pandemic, the Trump administration was moving toward a confrontation with the People's Republic in the realm of information warfare. Moving toward? Wasn't yeah. Trump already like well established against China throughout his whole pre- whole presidency? Anyway, I just thought it was weird well, that they're like it's oh, a they're mixture, m- yeah, moving I mean, towards it, it. But they were uh, always aggressive towards one another. Although Trump did say Xi Jinping is a great guy. Ah, it's playing politics, you know. You know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, but then later on in the article, it talks about the Chinese people. They just want clarity. And uh, they say the Chinese people clearly hunger for honest information and friendly communication with the American people, including U.S. officials. Messages from Pottinger, Miles Yu at the State Department Office of Policy Planning, and other Mandarin-speaking speakers in the government would find receptive audiences in China. A natural conduit for such direct communication would be an expanded and invigorated effort by Radio Free Asia and Voice of America. But some at Voice uh, VOA fear a conflict between reporting the news and disseminating propaganda. And if you don't know, the Voice of America is part of the Smithman Modernization Act. They were the ones that are named in that uh, in the legislation that allowed Voice of America to basically uh, propagandize to America what they would propagandize to other nations. Right. And so I thought it was very interesting that they're making the VOA, uh, you know, the, the main arm here that if you just allow them to speak the truth to the Chinese people, then they wouldn't <laughs> really get in our way anymore. And it's just, mm. what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. So, um, it's funny. Well, they're just assuming that nobody actually knows what's in the Smith month modernization act. Cause it takes as most things, in life and the news, if you pay just a little bit more attention than they want you to, then the whole lie unravels. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of the deal here. Yeah. And, and the CCP and, the, you know, the Marxist groups and stuff, they have been quietly behind the scenes with everything from, you know, a lot of the BLM stuff to uh, the virus in general and the crashing economy, all that stuff. It's, it's, clear that they're part of it although i don't know that they're alone in it you know what i mean i i think that they're also getting assistance from some people up on high high above lizard people <laughs> lizard people uh real quick again i'm just trying to blaze through this we're not the only ones having issues with elections the israel uh the israel uh israel heads to polls again amid pandemic and prime minister's legal woes so uh yeah netanyahu's in trouble again he's going to I think there's, they said it's going to be a fourth election in less than two years after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's fractured ruling coalition failed to pass a budget bill early Wednesday. So, I don't know, Israel's having all sorts of political issues as well. Yeah. And um, I thought I'd play this clip real quick of uh, Bibi Netanyahu 
um, thanking or, uh, you know, telling the American people to, you know, Merry Christmas, all that stuff. He says something kind of interesting in there, though. I'll, I'll stop it right after he says it here. I wish Israel's many Christian friends around the world a very Merry Christmas. On behalf of the people of Israel, I thank each and every one of you for your prayers and for your support. This Christmas, the traditional greeting of peace on earth will once again be expressed by millions across the globe. This while our world suffers from the terrible COVID-19 pandemic and far from too much violence and conflict. But remarkably, here in the Middle East, we've been actively making progress in realizing the biblical prophecy of peace on earth, or at least this part of the earth. Oh? The biblical prophecy of peace on earth, or at least this part of the earth. Let me, let me play that again real quick. I stopped it at a yeah. bad spot. Realizing the biblical prophecy of peace on earth. Oh, Here back. in the Middle East, we've been actively making progress in realizing the biblical prophecy of peace on earth, or at least this part of the earth. Here in the hey, Middle East, we've been weird. actively pursuing uh, the uh, actively making progress in realizing the biblical prophecy of peace on earth. That's very interesting. (laughs) I feel like he's missing a couple steps there. At least a couple steps. But also, if you're trying to appeal to many of the American evangelicals, Mm -hmm. they sit there and talk about how, uh, you know, the Antichrist is going to make a peace deal. I don't think that's what it says in Daniel, but a lot of people think that there's going to be a peace deal in Israel. And so, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that hits the American evangelical that are mostly dispensationalist and pre-trib and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I, it, there's a lot of religion talk, you know, recently with po- politics. And when you start mixing it in and when you start bringing up the phrase Bible prophecy and peace on earth, it's just, I don't know. It's a little weird, but uh, yeah, again, I bring it up during the election section because it's just some, some things that uh, don't fit necessarily in other parts of the show because it's fairly politically motivated discussions here. Yeah. Um, and then that, one more that's thing. That's very interesting. Okay. It is yeah, very interesting. Just something to keep a, an eye out for. And then one more thing, Biden had his, uh, his little speech there in Wilmington, Del- Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware yesterday. And a couple clips uh, from that crisis. I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm going to tell you the truth. And here's the simple truth. Our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. <laughs> Real optimistic. Real optimistic Come guy. On. <laughs> now yeah. that we have everybody again locked down, wearing masks, taking vaccines, now we can get to the really bad stuff. <laughs> I just thought, uh, you know, for. For morale, like he's a, just really good for morale, you know. He's, the darkest again, days are the dark winter, still ahead. You it's think gonna be, this is bad? It's going to be like March, and he's going <laughs> to I take office. Yeah, it's going to be like March, and he's going to he's going to talk about how the dark winter is turning into the dark spring, and it will be a dark <laughs> yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the fifteen days to flatten the curve. Yeah. Uh, the mm. other thing is uh, obviously, and this is why I think the the hack we had theorized that the big you know national security hack that happened was probably china behind the scenes you know involved in that mm-hmm. uh because joe biden's going in hard on trump 
uh, you know, not doing what he's supposed to do. It happened on his watch and all this kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. But the solution, the solution, you know, cause it's always problem reaction solution. The solution is very interesting. Cyber threats are among the greatest threats to our global security in the 21st century. And I believe we have to treat them with the same seriousness of purpose that we treated threats of other unconventional weapons. We have to work with our allies to establish clear international rules and mechanisms to enforce them and consequences for those countries that violate them. Clear international rules and mechanisms. I think he meant mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> but clear international rules and mechanisms. I don't know. This sounds kind of New World Order-ish to me. Like a single yeah, rule for the entire world. Well, you know, it, it goes back to the issue with the solar winds hack and any sort of potential uh, foreign interference is they're trying to figure out if this was an act of war or if it was just some sort of tomfoolery. Right. So, yeah, you know, there's a, this uh, with Biden trying to act like a strong man in response to this cyber attack. You know, somebody did bring it up to me a couple days ago about Biden potentially wanting to go to war with China. And it just seemed so silly for so many reasons. But, uh, you know, yeah. if you connect, it only takes a few dots to connect to, you know, he's, he's posturing himself pretty strongly there well and uh going to war with china is probably the worst possible thing we could do right now well i mean it would only make sense in that they he would already have a deal with china you know well, right yeah it, there'd it be some smoky back room stuff going right, on right it wouldn't be like uh hey we're down with china it would be more like hey this is great for both of us because uh, we can, you know, get a, get the military involved. Yeah. You can damage our country a little more. More traditionally us. being uh, an economic sort of uh, catalyst. Right, right, right. We, yeah, we, that's that's how innovation takes place. Is wars. Yeah. That's that's how we, you know, uh, reestablish the world. If the people yeah. don't comply, we must you can't have a great reset without another great world war. Exactly, exactly. Come yeah. on, come on, man. Great, great. So there you go. Okay. Well, I got a, a little something to flip uh, to flip us up, to cheer us <laughs> up. Um, and that is a little flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? That's right, folks. If you're new to the show, Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the robot arms, the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a proxy conversation to explore how robotics and AI will inevitably take over the world, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, but today, a little bit of a fun one, Gons. Thought because of the, you know, it's almost Christmas. We got to have a little light hearted moment um you'll be happy to know that i've only got uh three episodes left of the mandalorian all right so yeah so we'll be able to talk about that soon um, but over here at gizmodo.com baby yoda robot uses ai to follow you around like a creepy toddler yay if there's one thing stores are now well stocked with, it's Baby Yoda toys. And while you can shell out hundreds of dollars for a startlingly lifelike replica of Grogu, this DIY does what all others can't. Automatically follow you, follow you everywhere you go like a curious 50-year-old toddler. 
Oh, so cute. Creator Manuel Ahumada wanted his Baby Yoda replica to be smarter than all the rest. So he designed and 3D printed a custom robotic frame with moving arms. There's Flippy. A head that inquisitively looks up and down and a set of wheels so his Grogu could get around faster than the tiny legged character in the Mandalorian could. The creation was stuffed inside a gutted off-the-shelf Baby Yoda toy, while electronics, including a Raspberry Pi, servos, and electric motors, were added to bring the recreation to life. Like many of the toy versions of Baby Yoda, Ahumada's version can be uh, controlled remotely using a PlayStation 4 controller talking to the onboard Raspberry Pi over Bluetooth, but for more autonomy, a series of movements can be can also be performed, recorded, and played back, making Grogu appear more lifelike all on his own. Things get even more interesting when the child, the child, is given his own smartphone that he holds in front of him. It may look like he's checking social media, but the smartphone is actually running Intel's OpenBot app, which uses machine learning models to process a live feed from the device's camera. In this case, the app scans the video for the presence of a human, identifies them, tracks their location and movements, and then automatically controls Baby Yoda's wheeled platform to follow the person wherever they go. It's impressive to see just how quickly a surprisingly capable robot can be thrown together today using off-the-shelf parts like Raspberry Pi and a smartphone. Earlier this year, Mattel released its own robotic Baby Yoda toy that follows you around like a needy dependent, but it also requires you to carry around a remote control. It's cuter than Ahumada's creation, which, we'll be the first to admit, is kind of creepy. But kudos to him. Or totally one-upping all the big toy companies. So there you go, Gons. We can have our own little Grogu follow us around and eat animals. <laughs> I, I was watching The Mandalorian and <laughs> little baby Yoda spends about 80% of his time eating live animals. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So there you go. This uh, this has been an interesting trend where artificial intelligence and machine learning has become more and more accessible uh, to not just accessible in a sort of commercial way, but also in a, a coding way. I mean, there's pre-built modules that you can pretty much make a, a little robot do whatever you want with pr- not a whole lot of experience. Um, and this is what the world needs more of. Less uh, weaponized dog robots, more cute little alien baby robots. Which are being exploited to record all your every move. Yes. Yeah, right. So it's a little spy cam. <laughs> Yeah, you can build your own little spy cam to follow you around and uh, keep tabs. It's kind of like (laughs) it's kind of like wearing a body cam, you know, where you'll wear a body cam so you can record everything that happens during the day. Soon, instead of body cams, all our police officers will have little baby Yodas following them around, keeping them accountable to the people. Yeah, I really wish they would have made it so, you know, he walks in real time. Or like, like, like the show where he's very slow, you know, he kind of wobbles. Yeah. This is a little too fast. Faster. This is a fast baby Yoda. Or the other thing that would have been cool to make is that little egg shaped, uh, floaty thing that he rides in. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. His little bassinet. His His space bassinet. (laughs) Floating bassinet. I I want one of those just so I can put my baby in it and ride around. Yeah. 
That'd be cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, great, fantastic. There you go. Creepy. Is that it? That's all you have? That's it. That's okay. all I have for this. <laughs> that's, that's it. Now to get intense again. Okay. All right, here we go. Some uh, brief updates. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33 is the number of completion of the great war. 33 is the Illuminati dog whistle. And speaking of 33, WSAZ.com. West Virginia County alert system, 33 red counties. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 33. Oh, this is not Arizona. This is somewhere else. Yeah. 33 West Virginia counties were listed as red on the state's wow. color-coded COVID-19 county alert system map on Tuesday. So, yeah. It doesn't For have to those do who missed last episode, it was New Mexico has 33 counties and they were all red counties. Uh-huh. And that made sense. You know, if the whole... If the whole state is red, then okay, 33 red counties. But this is uh, West Virginia has more than 33 counties, but they have 33 red counties. And this is wow. COVID, COVID alert red, not, yes, not right. Republican COVID, red. COVID just to confuse level. everybody. And I, I did just see uh, Austin go into alert. What is it? Level five alert or whatever. Oh, great. So they're locking back down. They just wanted to, st- it just so happens, you know, a couple days before Christmas. And one yeah. of the things with uh, the red alert is uh, no family gatherings. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. You really just want to destroy. Christmas is canceled folks. Yeah. And all the anti-Christmas people are stoked about it. <laughs> they're all like you pagan Odin That's worshipers. This get. is what yeah. you get. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if you're stuck inside, don't fret because according to sugarandcharm.com, no. 33 Christmas movies to watch for the holiday. Uh, right in our faces, huh? Classics like Elf, the uh the G- Pedo Ex- I mean not Pedo no- Express, Polar Express. <laughs> oh jeez. The <laughs> Elf notoriously directed by uh the director of The Mandalorian. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Carol, Scrooged, uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, there's a good handful of them. Is yeah, it, do okay. you have a We're favorite Christmas movie? With Christmas movies. I know. Do you have a, a favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, I have a tradition every year. I every Christmas and half Christmas, uh, I will watch the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Seen that sucker hundreds of times. Uh, it's a great movie. I didn't know there was a Gremlins Christmas. Special. I did not either. I might have to check that one out. I, a neighbor of mine was telling me about some uh, Norwegian horror Christmas movie where oh, they find the skeleton of, of Santa and he's got like <laughs> horns and stuff. And all oh, the man. elves are, are these old looking, uh, these guys with white beards. Does and Krampus make a, make an appearance? I don't think it could be uh, part of the Krampus story, but I don't think or it was the, explicitly. The Judenkatten? Yeah. I don't know. The but, Yule Cat? Have you heard of the Yule Cat? Have no. I talked about the Yule Cat? I have. I don't know. I don't know what the Yule uh, Cat is. <laughs> the Yule what Cat, I think it's Icelandic. It's some sort of Scandinavian uh, Christmas, you know, folk tale where uh, there's a giant cat that roams around on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And uh, yeah, he's he's gigantic. And if any young children are caught walking around the forest, not wearing their new Christmas clothes. They get eaten by the youth and the captain. Oh, yeah. yeah always so scary. Wear your new Christmas clothes, kids. 
Yeah, but anyway, getting back to the 33 updates, this was this headline is probably one of the craziest 33 updates that I've ever seen here. This is ndtv.com. One death every 33 seconds in US's deadliest yeah. COVID-19 week so far. <laughs> report. Oh, perfect. What? Wow. Come are you serious? That's so silly. Wow, that is very convenient. <laughs> It's like, whoa, man. Like, uh, what did they sit there on the calculator and oh, oh we hit it 30 every 33 seconds, publish it, go yeah. to print. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, I, I saw this got repeated, not repeated, reported a couple times. I did see once a minute, which I guess 33 seconds would tech would be once a minute every other minute. But yes, That's, then it got updated yeah. to th- every 33 seconds. Well, so you even... know, it's legit and not suspicious at all. Well, yeah, but they, yeah, I don't know why 33 seconds. That's just a very, I mean, uh, one because minute is one minute makes the sense. Spell wouldn't work. You, you know, know this, yeah, of course, the one minute makes sense. Even the 30 seconds makes sense. You can say, <laughs> you can say two a minute, but no one every 33 seconds. Yeah, very, very yeah, bizarre. Perfect. Perfect uh, timing. Okay, there's a couple places where I found the New World Order mentioned. A New World Order can emerge. That needs to be updated to has emerged. Yeah, right. This is uh, the Arizona State University website, asunow.asu.edu. And the headline here is Exploring New Worlds in Virtual Reality. And yeah, you might think, ah, whatever, just a thing about exploring new worlds there. In mm-hmm. the, the VR setting and education. Uh, but basically, it talks about instead of stepping into a classroom, you step into a 16 by 16 square foot space with a moving floor and blowing wind. And once you're seated, you're transported light years away. You're, you're an avatar in this new world. Um, and uh, I thought I had the phrase highlighted, but I guess I don't. So I'm going to have to <laughs> look for it real quick. Uh, here it is. Okay. This isn't a game. It's ASU's new virtual reality immersed biology curriculum called Dreamscape Learn, made possible through a partnership with Dreamscape Immerse. Based on the work of curriculum experts at ASU, students in in the university and beyond will benefit from the new world order of education, VR immersive learning. And of course, uh, ASU, the home of the Sun Devils. Yeah, perfect. So them Sun Devils are getting, uh, you know, familiar with the AI education or not the AI, the VR immersed education. So there you go, Basil. You're you're already halfway there. Yeah, maybe I can become an adjunct professor. Yeah, you can. <laughs> with my you can industry you, experience. You can tell them you spend on camera uh, <laughs> like you know, ten hours ten a hours week. a week on VR. <laughs> um, the other part or the other article where i found the new world order mentioned foodbusinessnews.net the next evolution of food retail pivot or you're out Ooh, harsh words and here it talks about uh, there's a quote here there's much more context going on delivery and curbside pickup are absolute table stakes going forward it's going to be essential to provide those services to customers, if you want to play in this new world order, no, <laughs> <laughs> just a really interesting way to uh, talk just about here to the, play. the the changing food industry. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why do you have to say that? I mean, ho- maybe this guy is like 
you know, he, he's a listener of the show or something and he's kind of trolling, but I doubt it. I think he's more like, Hey man, if you want to play, if you want to be a part of this game moving forward in the food industry, got it. This yeah. is how you got to play in the new world order. Well, you know how, you know, restaurants being some of the most, uh, at least visible, um, victims of the economic lockdowns, you know, and yeah. the restaurant business may never, ever go back to what it used to be. So yeah, you know, there, there's some restaurant owners and people trying to get creative on how to make it work, but that is, it was already a tough business and it's just going to get even tougher. And uh looks like this guy's thinking they can just adapt to the new world order and then you'll be <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yeah, delivering food, part of the new world order. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, one more quick thing here before I'll hand it off to you because you have a quick update. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is um, uh, so WikiLeaks dumped a whole bunch of stuff the other day. And one of them was this piece of paper that shows Steve Jobs uh, testing positive for HIV via PCR. Oh, wow. Back in 2004. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm I've never seen this before. No, I haven't either. I don't know if this was something that was uh, peddled around in the, the QAnon groups or some Anon group, but I'd never heard of it. Uh, Is it the Steve Jobs? I mean, it says Stephen Paul Jobs. I didn't know his middle name was Paul, but they do have a date of birth and stuff there. Oh, they've got his... They've got a social security security number. Yeah, but he's, he's, you know, he's deceased. uh, Allegedly. Yes. But you know, even with uh, somebody who's passed, if you have their social security number, that's one of the biggest problems with uh, uh, social security is the person can pass, but uh, their living relatives, if they can finagle it. So they keep receiving their social security payments. I just think it's weird that it has PCR on here. You know, given all the discussions we've had about PCR, that that was the, you know, the item used or the, the method used to yeah. identify HIV one in, in Steve jobs here, I guess in 2004. Yeah. So, eh, who knows? That's very interesting. Who knows? Yeah. All uh, right. Something Thanks, to keep in PCR. Mind. <laughs> Thanks PCR. Appreciate <laughs> all the contributions. I really feel bad for, you know, um, uh, Carrie Mullis, the guy who invented it. I don't yeah. think he would be too happy with how it's being used. No, right he's now. rolling in his grave right now. Yeah. Okay, I got a quick update for you. This floated across the uh, the news desk here, DailyMail.co.uk. Just a fun little update. Uh, NASA scientists achieve long distance quantum teleportation over 27 miles for the first time, paving the way for unhackable networks that transfer data faster than the speed of light. What a coincidence. They just happen to successfully uh, create a quantum network just a week or two after the biggest hack in history. Uh, Yeah. Scientists have demonstrated long distance quantum teleportation, the instant transfer of units of quantum information known as qubits for the first time. The qubits were transferred faster than the speed of light over a distance of 27 miles, laying the foundations for a quantum internet service, which would one day revolutionize computing. Uh, Quantum communication systems are faster and more secure than regular networks because they use photons rather than computer code, 
which can be hacked, but their development relies on cutting edge scientific theory, which blah, 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 blah. So I didn't want to get too deep into it, but of course, you know, the, the practical uses of quantum technology, we've been tracking that for many years now. And this is a, this is a really big step. And <laughs> it's funny because with this finding now, of course, they're still miles away from getting to a place where it's commercially viable. But just as Elon Musk is putting up his super slow, awful Internet with Skylink <laughs> or Starlink, rather. Starlink, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just as he's getting that to a place where it could be a commercially viable business, uh, they go ahead and create quantum internet that will completely destroy any need for Starlink. So I don't know, maybe he'll do, he'll upgrade the Starlinks with quantum internet. Oh, I'm thinking it, it's already on there. He's just waiting for the perfect moment to unleash it and it'll, <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll just open up and sure. quantum lasers yeah. will shoot down on people's well, Neuralinks. This is pretty impressive, you know, for the first time, because the theories of relativity, uh, which were Einstein's most famous work there, basically stated that nothing can go faster than the speed of light. If you're going faster than the speed of light, you're going back, you're going backwards in time. Um, and so, yeah, to have they've they've sent information faster than the speed of light. So that wonder what kind of nice little space time ripples that could send throughout yeah. the, the multiverse. Yeah, talk about the uh, like minority report style, knowing crime or pre-crime type of stuff. Right. Yeah. The, what, what, yeah. Is the quantum computer going to know what <laughs> I'm going to search? He'll send I'm, an email. You'll yeah. sit down to send an email and you'll get the reply from the person before you even press send. Hey man, it's going to make life real easy. Yeah, We're just going to be, be in one big loop, one big time <laughs> loop. Yeah. Just what we need. Okay. Well, there you go. That's uh, enough for the updates today. I think we should get into a main story here. What do you say? Artificial intelligence. That's right. Now, uh, I'm going to take a little story here from thelandset.com, one of the most famous and notorious and previously respectable uh, medical journals that came under fire earlier this year after there were some uh, coronavirus researchers or studies rather that got through that went against the mainstream narrative, which brought the, the, uh, the reliability of the Lancet <laughs> into question. Um, imagine how that works, but we've got another thing to look at here and that is artificial intelligence for COVID-19 savior or saboteur. Oh, great. Thank you. As 2020 draws to a close, one thing is certain. The COVID-19 pandemic has had an irreversible effect on the world. The effect on digital health is no exception. The cyberdemic is coming for you, guns. The pandemic has forced healthcare providers and governments around the world to accelerate the development of artificial intelligence tools and scale up their use in medicine, even before they are proven to work. An untested AI algorithm has even received emergency authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, but 
Uh, right. But will the use of this untested AI systems help or hinder patients with COVID-19? Now, first of all, it took me by surprise. I did not know that the FDA was in the business of regulating <laughs> computer code. Number one. Number two, that they would approve an untested AI algorithm. Just roll it out there. Yeah, Let's just see well, what happens. I mean, they they approved the vaccine. So why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, the bar has been set. Yes. Uh, The article continues. The lax regulatory landscape for COVID-19 AI algorithms has raised substantial concern among medical researchers. A living systematic review published in the BMJ highlights that COVID-19 AI models are poorly reported and trained on small or low quality data sets with high risk of bias. Gary Collins, professor of medical statistics at the University of Oxford and co-author of the BMJ Review, told The Lancet Digital Health. Quote, full and transparent reporting of all key details of development and evaluation of prediction models for COVID-19 is vital. Failure to report important details not only contributes to research waste, but more importantly, can lead to a poorly developed and evaluated model being used that could cause more harm than benefit in clinical decision making. So basically what he's doing here is referring to the black box Uh, issue of artificial intelligence, but not just with the AI itself, um, but with the fact that the researchers are not releasing all the information. So it's this highly secretive uh, research arm or research uh, category, rather, that, uh, again, makes no attempt for true scientific uh, beneficial beneficiaries in the world. He's yeah. like, nope, here's the thing. Didn't test it. Don't care. Approve it. Go to work. No, we're not going to tell you how it works because then we couldn't uh, use it for whatever we want to use it for. Well, um, just just to chime in real quick, the, a sure. lot of the climate change stuff, and I think even the coronavirus stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of it has been based on uh, models, computer models, using right. AI. and using trajectory and and a lot of it is the information is not public like how and what kind climate of data change they use too yeah that's I mean, what i said climate, climate change models yeah yeah so i said so yeah that all of it has been even like the al gore stuff in the past so it's interesting that they're asking for transparency here almost like okay it was yeah. all right for a little we've while but it's getting a little go- it's getting a little <laughs> out of hand we've seen how this goes in the past yeah, so I thought it was interesting okay. that it's they're moving in that direction, or at least asking for uh, the whole industry to move in that direction now that AI is becoming more prevalent. But continue. well, this is in the Lancet, so you know it's fake news. Gone, oh, just one of the oldest and most reliable journals um continuing to support uh the article continues to support transparency and reproducible reporting source code and de-identified patient data sets for covid19 ai algorithms should be open and accessible to the research community one such study published in the lancet digital health reports a new ai covid19 screening test named curial ai which uses routinely collected clinical data for patients presenting to hospital. 
In the hope that AI can help keep patients and healthcare workers safe, Andrew Sultan and colleagues state that the AI test could allow exclusion of patients who do not have COVID-19 and ensure that patients with COVID-19 receive treatment rapidly. This is one of the largest AI studies to date with clinical data from more than 100,000 cases in the UK. Prospective validation of the AI screening test showed accurate and faster results compared with Gold standard PCR tests. <laughs> Great. Let's see. It's this is almost its own little Hegelian dialectic, I know. you know. PCR, it's great. It's what we have, it's the best. Oh, but it's a huge problem and it easily gives false positives. Well, don't worry. The artificial intelligence is here to save us from ourselves. Better, bigger, tastier. The article continues, however, like other COVID-19 AI models, Curial AI requires validation across geographically and ethnically diverse populations to assess its real-world performance. Sultan emphasized that, quote, we also do not know yet if the AI model would generalize to patient cohorts in different countries where patients may come to hospital with a different spectrum of medical problems. Even if preliminary models like Curial AI are proven to accurately diagnose disease in a wide range of populations, do they add clinical value to healthcare systems? Last month, X, the Alphabet subsidiary. Oh, great. I'm glad X is getting in on this. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Alphabet being the parent company of Google. Yep. Uh, the Alphabet subsidiary announced that although they were able to develop an AI to identify features of electroencephalography data that might be used for diagnosing depression and anxiety, they found that experts were not convinced of the clinical value of the diagnostic aid. How AI tools for diagnosing health conditions can improve medical care is not always well understood by those developing the AI. Oh, great. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> I don't know what I'm great. doing, but I think it's going to be great. I, I think don't they'll understand love it. it. They'll really love it. It's going to really revolutionize the industry. The FDA will definitely approve this. Therefore, COVID-19 AI models must be developed in close collaboration with healthcare workers to understand how output of these models could be applied to patient care. And then it kind of goes on uh, talking about flu season and such. But there you go. For the most part, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Gans, the uh, climate change uh, computer modeling that was done early on, you know, that said the earth was going to, it melts and float <laughs> off into space in 2013, Yeah, you know, which now gives us to, I think, 2030 until we all die. Who knows? Uh, but has been plagued with uh, problems with those computer models, of course. And so why not trust, you know, a quote unquote world pandemic to the same types of technology? Yeah. Uh, later on in the article, it says here, I have a couple things highlighted Sultan and colleagues are now planning clinical trials for deploying Curial AI within the existing clinical pathway at hospitals in the UK. The Lancet digital health strongly encourages researchers doing AI intervention intervention based clinical trials to follow the new extension guidelines, spirit AI Ooh, and good. consort AI. Now spirit AI stands for Standard protocol item recommendations for interventional trials, artificial intelligence. So very Sounds convenient. Legit. 
spirit AI. And uh, AI could be the savior of the COVID-19 pandemic in the coming year. We just need to prove it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, all right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is how science works. You know, this allegedly. Um, you remember the AI church? Like, I don't know, four mm-hmm. or five years ago, there was like an AI church up in Silicon Valley and people are coming and doing worship services to the AI and stuff. Yeah. This, this is the type of thing where you use the language savior and uh, it just, it just reminds me and I can just picture some of those people, you know, going into the church of AI and like, Oh, great AI, save us from the pandemic. Bring your spirit here and <laughs> right, know, invoking yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then uh, magically the AI provides solutions with yeah. their quantum internet. But anyway, I thought it was an interesting uh, piece from the Lancet, you know, of all places. I know. I know. And that's, it's crazy. Cause there was like this weird assassination of the Lancet uh, earlier in the year, just because they were questioning, uh, you know, official quote unquote official narratives that was trying to make everybody scared and keep them in their house. Yeah. Um, just by being a venue that scientists could publish scientific studies in and yeah, the Lancet having a, just a pristine track record uh, of, you know, just being a place that I'm saying the scientific community trusted up until suddenly they were (laughs) letting (laughs) scientists share info about masks and such and such. Yeah. So right. very interesting. Let's move on here. This is Let's part of it. the uh, the reset discussion. Bitcoin go to moon. Reset this. Transhuman, transhuman. Make way for the superior. Oh, I forgot to show you something other <laughs> apart from that. Uh, real quick, just to finish up the wrap up the AI thing. I got a little little hasty on the the trigger there. Okay. Uh, there's a video here. Watch an AI robot walk with a broken leg thanks to a brain that never stops learning. And Ooh. basically, they came up with this AI uh, with what's called Hebbian rules, H-E-B-B-I-A-N, Hebbian okay. rules, math- mathematical formulas that allow AI brains to keep learning. So rather than their synaptic weight, the value dictating how activity spreads from one neuron to another remaining static, they change based on experience. And so they have these two AIs side by side here. One, they, they both have broken legs, apparently. These you know, virtual AIs. One okay. of them learns how to crawl and the other one falls on its back. And it's Ooh. really kind of interesting. One of them, is, you can tell that one of his legs is down and uh, he figures out a way to crawl away. And the other one's just, just you know, waving his oh, arms perfect. around. That's just what we need. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. These AI that... Uh, now learns from experience. So, oh, great, great. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so the the great reset. It's a thing. It's uh, it's on everyone's mind. I'm going to play about a minute here, maybe less than that, maybe like thirty seconds from this Fox report before I go into this article uh, from the Nasdaq of all places. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at what they're talking about. Okay. But uh, here's um, Fox, and I don't know who is this Lou Dobbs. I think it's Lou Dobbs. Okay, so here's a. Uh, a little intro on the Great Reset. All elites attending the World Economic Forum in Davos, they're admitting that their annual meeting next year will be used to launch what they call the Great Reset Initiative. The forum saying, quote, 
The time to rebuild trust and to make crucial choices is fast approaching as the need to reset priorities and the urgency to reform systems grow stronger around the world. <laughs> right. Joining us now. Right. <laughs> like how he just goes right. Yeah. Uh, then he has got a, you got, he has a guy on that rails on China and stuff. But um, this article from the NASDAQ is very interesting. The headline is 2020 pitted Bitcoin against the Great Reset. Oh, interesting. Very, very interesting discussion here. And this, I don't know if the author here, uh, Nozomi Hayase, clearly Japanese here, uh, maybe listens to the show or something. I mean, they, they, it's very interesting. Uh, maybe not because the conclusions he comes to are a little bit different from what we would suggest. But here's what it says. 2020 was unforgettable, especially for Bitcoin. To help memorialize this year for our readers, we asked our network of contributors to reflect on Bitcoin's price action, technological development, community growth, and more in 2020. Yada, yada. 2020 has become the year of pandemic with face masks and quarantine becoming a new normal. The world has changed forever. In the escalation of the coronavirus outbreak, the U.S. Federal Reserve lowered its interest rate to near zero for the first time since the global financial crisis more than, de more than a decade ago. With lockdown measures creating job losses and the con uh, contraction of the economy, the government's response to COVID-19 revived the memories of the 2008 crash. Wall Street bank bailouts then created a large transfer of wealth. This now continues with the closing down of the economy, destroying mom-and-pop shops, while corporations like Walmart, Amazon, and Target are making record-breaking profit. Bitcoin, which was born in the ashes of economic meltdown, was a response to the corruption of financial institutions. Its white paper saw its 12-year anniversary this year. As the old system began to unravel, Bitcoin further unveiled its deeper value proposition. De-dollarization. The invention of Bitcoin made the separation of money and state possible for the first time in history. The cypherpunks projects, uh, the cypherpunks's project of creating electronic cash free from a central authority, quickly won the hearts of hackers and anarchists. Recognizing Bitcoin as a new asset class akin to a non-confiscatable digital gold, libertarians and venture capital came on board as well. Waves of early adopters of this technology have emerged on the margins of the U.S. empire, from Venezuelans and Iranians to WikiLeaks. The uncensorable free speech money became a safe haven for those who wished to escape hyperinflation, sanctions, and financial blockade. This year, the decentralized digital currency has, become, uh, has welcomed new faces. Responding to the Federal Reserve's inflation policy, corporations and public companies have begun adding Bitcoin to their balance sheets to hedge mm -hmm. against the U.S. dollar. In September, MicroStrategy became one of the first and largest NASDAQ-listed companies to embrace Bitcoin, purchasing over $425 million worth. This Woo! has created a ripple effect in the merchant network, bringing Square's Cash App and PayPal into the crypto space. And by the way, Michael, uh, what was his name? Michael Saylor of MicroStrategy, um, I think he doubled his money already and he bought even more Bitcoin. Like when he started talking about this whole thing of mm -hmm. moving his capital into Bitcoin, Bitcoin was like $10,000 and now it's 20 something thousand. So within right. like two or three months, he literally doubled his like 400 million and made it a billion. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Uh, in the wake of the U.S. presidential election, Bitcoin's price exceeded its previous all-time high from the end of 2017 bull run. 
with S&P Dow Jones indices announcement of the launching of cryptocurrency indices in 2021, the Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company's purchase of $100 million in Bitcoin, Bitcoin has continued to gain mainstream acceptance, making prosperous new headlines in mainstream media. The Global Reset As the loss of confidence in the U.S. economy accelerates de-dollarization, leading global institutions have stepped forward. Halfway through the year, the World Economic Forum announced a plan to develop a Great Reset to emerge as a better world for the COVID-19 crisis. WEF, together with the World Nations, I'm sorry, the United Nations, business sectors and civil society aims to build the foundations of the economic system and institute a new social contract for a world population with the Internet of Things and use of advanced technology. In the announcement, Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of WEF, stated, that the goal is to create a fair and sustainable future, bringing our life into harmony with nature. You remember that? Oh, quote? yeah, right. The 500, uh, the, the some Georgia, Georgia guide, Guidestones. Yeah, Guidestone stuff. International Monetary Fund Managing Director Christiana Gio, uh, Gior, <laughs> Georgivia, Georgivia? I don't know, who joined the initiative articulated how the organization can help create, quote, a greener, smarter, fairer world. Uh, in October, Georgivia. Oh my gosh, I'm totally butchering this name. Uh, He's probably Georgivia, used to it. Georgiva. It's I think it's a she. Kristalina. Kristalina. Kristalina solidified the IMF's role in the Great Reset, calling for a new Bretton Woods moment, uh, referring to the arrangement originally made in 1944 to centralize the world's financial system with the U.S. dollar as reserve currency. The head of IMF urged international cooperation amongst, uh, among the G20 to restructure sovereign debt. It is now preparing to roll out a central bank digital currency, CBDC, Great. that has capability to monitor and trace transaction, linking them to personal IDs with a record stored in a massive database. This is also true with Facebook's Diem, formerly known as Libra. Transhumanism. Oh, this guy just keeps coming in with the goods. Yeah, he's hitting all the. <laughs> I know. As international organizations seize the opportunity in the post-pandemic economy to reshape the world, defiance has emerged. Concerned citizens the world over have criticized the Great Reset as an effort to abolish personal ownership and property rights and undermine the sovereignty of nations and individuals. They see it as a dangerous move towards technocracy, creating a new digital empire with total surveillance and control. Great Reset opponents go even further to call it a war on human nature and an end goal of creating a future without humanity. The Global Reset is backed by billionaires, the British royal family, and politicians, including the Canadian Prime Minister and Joe Biden. It is said to be an effort to transform global food, the human diet, worldwide hunger and disease, even to combat climate change. The key idea behind this initiative is transhumanism. Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of World Economic Forum, articulated in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, that transhumanism is a process that brings radical change in our lifestyle, opening a new chapter in human development. He describes it as a vision toward a, quote, fusion of a physical, digital, and biological entity. Identity. Sorry, I messed that up. Fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity. 
The global elites with their patronage network of central banks around the world create money out of thin air. With their fake money, they pump up fake news, fueling the resource wars. Through synthetic biology that takes genetic engineering to the next level, they alter nature and create fake food. Working with a machine learning algorithm, they are now trying to change human biology, making us all become artificial. Yeah, it really sums it up. Metaphysical property. As the rise of AI and robots with their idea of merging with man and machines brings up existential questions for humans, narratives of Bitcoin have moved into philosophical discussion. From freedom maximalist Robert Breedlove uh, uh, to Gigi, I don't know who's Gigi anyway, uh, who writes word and code for Bitcoin. uh, I guess it's like a Bitcoin author. A gospel for a new era of individual sovereignty is being created. Michael Saylor, chief executive of MicroStrategy, which joined the Bitcoin club this year, described money in terms of energies and notes how, quote, Bitcoin is channeling human ingenuity into making it better. Long before the ecosystem went cosmic with memes bringing in new frequencies, the host of a popular financial report, Max Kaiser, called Bitcoin's mysterious creator Satoshi a, quote, cyber Christ. Oh, my gosh. This year, Kaiser, together with Stacey Herbert, raised spiritual vibrations by launching their new Orange Pill podcast. Kaiser, Mm. whom Sailor called the high priest of Bitcoin. Ugh. Uh, they're, Jeez, they're, it's they're going too far. It's happening. <laughs> Noted, quote, God's fingerprints are all over Bitcoin. End quote. <laughs> Reacting to this new metaphysical dimension now being added to Bitcoin's price discovery. A Bitcoiner tweeted. Uh, it's got the tweet that I don't have because I got a whole bunch of blockers. Tapping into Bitcoin or uh, tapping into billionaire hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones, who recently said, uh, recently said, quote, a bet on Bitcoin is a bet on human ingenuity. Kaiser acknowledged Bitcoin as pro-humanity working for humans. He then defined the next phase of uh, Bitcoin battle as, quote, humans versus AI. The next phase of the Bitcoin battle is humans versus AI. Call for evolution. I could have told you that. Yeah, I know. We're already in it to some degree. Uh, The new battlefield that is being drawn concerns the evolution of humanity. Aaron McCollum, McCollum in his 2013 book, The Pandemic described that transhumanists aim to, quote, synthetically evolve the human race more rapidly and or uh, more rapidly than organic evolution allows and to create post-human civilization, also referred to as human 2.0. While the nation state is being dismantled, creating chaos in the electoral arena, humanity is being locked down in a technologically driven path of evolution. The incumbent power, with its uh, reliance on centralization, tries to keep all species in bondage. As the machine steadfastly taking over the living world, a new algorithm is arising that carries within it the book of nature. The innovation of computer science. What? Yeah, check it out. Read that part again. Start that sentence again. As the machine steadfastly takes over the living world, a new algorithm is arising that carries within it the book of nature. What the heck? The innovation of computer science aligning human interests of all participants has begun to secure the future of humanity. Recognizing a new community of shared purpose being formed around this open, uh, open source software, crypto anarchist Eric Casson tweeted, uh, oh, I don't have the tweet there, probably something about that. Uh, responding to the impulse for evolution is the protocol. People around the world 
from all walks of life are coming together. There are economists, gold bugs, computer programmers, mothers, rabbis, and entrepreneurs, all working to apply their own knowledge to solve problems. As the year 2020 comes to an end, Bitcoin, which has begun disrupting the power of central banks, giving humanity a chance to liberate themselves, soars to an all-time high. With Bitcoin, we can now opt out of the upgrade of mankind dictated by the few and self-determined uh, and self-determine a user-activated path of evolution. We can all unite as humans and hodl our intrinsic values coded in our DNA. Now, the future <laughs> is in the hands of ordinary people. A network consensus of each individual's chosen values builds blocks for a new civilization, defining what it means to be human. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who wrote this? Who is the author of this? Nozomi Hayase. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin and Inc. or Bitcoin Magazine. Yeah, wow. Bought in, man. Taking it to the next level. It's... Is- Man, is, is that a high priestess of the uh, <laughs> he's of working the his way up. church? He's working his way up. You okay. know what it is? It's very fascinating because, you know, all the reasons why you and I like Bitcoin, mm-hmm. they're taking it to that like, extreme religious spiritual level. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, calling it, what did they call it? A digital Christ? Yeah. Cyber, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto Cy- is a cyber Christ. Right. That's a uh, Max Kaiser. Jeez. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the thing that's really interesting is that you know all all the people that are against the great reset you know all the stuff that's coming down the pike with technocracy and the agenda 2030 and uh, sustainable development and and all that stuff the fourth industrial mm-hmm. revolution it's interesting how these guys see it you know they totally see what's wrong with it but then they're like yeah, our own, we'll take it into our own hands and Bitcoin <laughs> is our savior vehicle. And it's like, yeah. whoa, well, what whoa, you whoa. have, it's the same sort of uh, worldview, like technocratic worldview. Yes. But th- they hold the basically the same values as they, uh, you know, talk about the, uh, I forget who exactly they talk about, but they, they talk about the elites, you know, mm-hmm. technocratically uh, harnessing the power of humans and moving us all into the new cyber heaven or whatever. But they, and they, you know, kind of scathe the elites for that. Uh, but they hold the exact same values. They're just on a little bit more of a libertarian level. Yeah. They're like cyber libertarians. Yeah. Technocratic cyber libertarians. And this is what's fascinating. It's almost like the, the sentiment being shared here, by the way, on NASDAQ.com, this isn't like some random blog. This is NASDAQ. Um, this itself is part of the great reset. It's almost like they don't see it. You know, this author doesn't see that they're, they're creating their own reset. (laughs) You know, it's like, we want our own human driven reset. Uh, and that's really what it is. It's the elite reset versus the, the humanity reset, so to speak. Yeah. And, and you know, and, I, and I've mentioned several times how Bitcoin is not a savior. And it's yeah. because I knew this type of crazy, not crazy, but just this type of fervor and cultish yeah. type of thing is going to arise out of the Bitcoin thing, which we know it already has. But I'm, I'm you know, more so now that the, the, the two sides are shown, so to speak, you know, the, the great reset side of things with the establishment and the billionaires and all that and this is also yeah go ahead i was gonna say well reading this makes me understand the uh the sort of hyper anti-bitcoin 
spiritual Sentiment. people that we encounter occasionally while well, yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. show. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, some people are just like, you know, I've, and you can even boil it down to Bitcoin is the mark of the beast. You know, those that that type of response. Right. But uh, I mean, reading this particular article, I won't lay this over every Bitcoin owner or enthusiast. But yeah, this particular uh, channel of Bitcoin enthusiasm <laughs> takes it a little bit far. Messianic fervor, so to speak. Yeah, right. Uh, the high calling people the high priest of Bitcoin. God's fingerprints are all over Bitcoin. Right. It's just digital currency. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not like, and yes, it does usurp a lot of the control mechanisms that central banks have. And that's why yeah, anarchists and libertarians were drawn to it early on mm-hmm. and cypherpunks the way they described it. Um, but it's almost like the, um, animal farm you know where they think that they're the pigs think that they're taking right. over whoever's next takes over and but then they're going to be there. the ones sitting there on the throne and they're going to create all sorts of problems as well and this is also i think this sentiment actually is part of the redistribution of wealth as part of the the great reset uh i don't know grandeur not so much like proper with the with what the UN and the world economic forum are talking about, but just in general, the redistribution of wealth, because now you have guys with millions of dollars in their back pocket. I would much prefer it to happen that way than the way Klaus Schwab wants it to happen. Of course. (laughs) If put on a continuum, I like this idea better, but uh, you know, they don't, this interest you said this was on the nasdaq website nasdaq.com yeah this wow is a NASDAQ it's quickly becoming a sort of spiritual hub <laughs> yeah. for more than just mammon yes yes and that yeah i mean you talk about the mark of the beast and the vaccine and stuff and i, I feel like this conversation is much more uh closer to what would look like a mark of the beast plus in revelation 13 if you read it you uh and this is based not so much on anything particular that we talked about in this article, but it does mention how the false prophet, the second beast deceives the world and the world builds the image of the beast. You know, they're told they're instructed to build it. So right. it's almost like empowering the people to build the image of the beast. Mm, and so yeah. it's something to keep in mind, you know, uh, because if you, and again, if you go into the crypto space, and you look at some of the projects that have uh, been created as a, uh, you know, not just Bitcoin, but Bitcoin sparked Ethereum, which is a whole different platform. And through Ethereum, a whole bunch of stuff has been created. And a lot of those have like very occult names for things and parts and pieces and yeah. stuff. So, well, much like uh, the majority of the, tech industry or at least the successful tech industry right. coming out of silicon valley they like to attach the uh, sort of mythical uh, names and and references to their projects some of them because well i think some of them do it because they just think it sounds cool but certainly those who are occult minded know that uh, there's a certain amount of power that comes from that yeah and once again we're we're forced with sentiments like this going public to take the narrow path you know and obviously we're truly we're obviously against the great reset the way klaus talks about we did the great reset we're not all about that but 
but this fervor, this like messianic fervor for Bitcoin is also not really in our wheelhouse either. So we have to, right. We have to tread carefully, Basil. Yeah. Well, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well, let's move on to one last thing. We got to check in with our, uh, Australian, uh, listeners, see how they're doing down there. Um, yeah. before we get on to the second half of show, it's gotta be biblical. I do. Okay. Have, uh, this uh, is come. <laughs> Are uh, you saying something sorry, over there? Sorry. I'm trying to find my second part of the jingle here, uh, which, uh, Oh, here it is. People don't even read their Bible for heaven's sakes. There for heaven's sakes. <laughs> this is coming from abc.net.au. As churches prove fertile ground for conspiracy theories, some pastors are taking a stand. Do, 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 do. do not question the authorities. Christians, here we go. During the whirlwind of 2020, Sydney Reverend and radio host Bill Cruz has noticed a surge in an old foe within his flock. Conspiracy theories. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, the old foe. <laughs> the old conspiracy foe. theories. <laughs> uh, anyway, by the way, for those who are new to the show, we like to check in with how uh, different groups are perceiving those that they call conspiracy theorists and things like that. It's a good idea if you're a fringy type person exploring non-mainstream narratives of things. It's a good idea to keep tabs on how uh, uh, exactly they're they're talking about you. (laughs) So let's keep going. Christian groups have long been susceptible to conspiracy theories, he says, but the rise of the internet and more recently COVID-19 has exacerbated the issue. Quote, churches can become petri dishes of this stuff, particularly if you've got uh, really charismatic people who don't have any ethics, says Reverend Cruz. Wait a minute. Stop. Hold on. Sounds like American politics to me. How dare this man say Mm -hmm. that if you if you if you're charismatic, but then if you don't have any ethics, then uh, you get you're in you're into this stuff. This 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 is the narrative building. It's the narrative building to take the uh, crosshairs and put them on anybody that uh, questions the official narrative. It's not just, oh, you're crazy or, oh, you have a different set of uh, information than I do. It's no, you don't have any ethics because you're questioning main (laughs) mainstream stories. Yeah. Um, an interesting connection or interesting reference there he made to petri dishes. I know, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's conspiracy it's not just, theories. Ugh, yes, petri them. dishes where you grow diseases and molds and things. Uh, this increased acceptance of conspiracy theories within church groups is part of a broader social trend, religious leaders say as people turn to outlandish ideas to make sense of the times. But some pastors are taking active measures to fight the potential spread of conspiracy theories within their congregations. (laughs) Take those active measures, pastors. The rise of the Church of QAnon. Here we go. Kaz Ross, a researcher at the University of Tasmania, has been monitoring the spread of conspiracy theories online. Hey, us too. And says evangelical Christians have been particularly drawn to QAnon. That's his that's his analysis. Real good stuff there, guy. From University of Tasmania. University (laughs) professor to 
point this <laughs> yeah. anyway go on this theory purports that a figure called q leaves cryptic clues on the internet forums about a war being waged between child abusing global elites and figures within the trump administration hmm. okay nothing too wrong with that explanation i think some That's, of them it's just pretty succinct. wild yeah it's pretty succinct at least they didn't say name hillary clinton as uh, <laughs> you know yeah. The owner of a pizza restaurant. That's when you really know that outlet is not done there. Oh, uh, dude, uh, just wait. You're, you're giving oh him gosh. too much credit too soon. No, Go on. I'm just trying to give him credit where it's due. But okay. <laughs> we'll take it away. According to Dr. Ross, the suggestion that people should put their faith in a savior preparing to rescue the world from evil has similarities to some strands of evangelical thought. No kidding. Quote, it's a very parallel structure, he says. Quote, there are she, a group. Get that get that pronoun right oh sorry yeah <laughs> uh oh i don't want to get canceled. Quote, get canceled there are a group of people that are in on a secret plan which is very good and the secret plan will save you in troubling times quote the belief framework is that god has a plan we don't know the plan god will unfold the plan and the chosen will be chosen mark andre argentino a researcher from canada's concordia university has also been studying the connection between religion and conspiracy theories focusing on the group of QAnon in North American evangelical groups. Not only do these churches broadcast QAnon conspiracy theories to huge online audiences, he says, they're also reimagining Christian beliefs from the Bible to marry to the two ideologies. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, we've done some pointing out of this as well. In yeah. fact, he argues conspiratorial ideas have become so fundamental to the way these groups operate that they can be described as the QAnon church. That's a fun little rhetorical trick here. Yeah. Uh, become so fundamental to the way these groups operate that they can be described. They can be described as the QAnon church. This is, By who? This who is, is yeah, that's what I'm saying. You this is are what, describing them this way. That's what I'm saying. This is what the researcher from, the, yeah. uh, from Canada's Concordia University said, and so it shall I be. I want to call it this because I'm, I'm an academic and this sounds good to my other academics. <laughs> yeah, Fringe on. voices, big impact. Ooh, is that us? Who are they no. Are you going to talk about us? No. Okay. While these groups are largely an American phenom phenomenon, uh, similar thinking has been has taken hold in some French Christian communities. It's something that Pastor Bob Buckingham, the founder of Bayside Church in Melbourne, has noticed both on social media and conversations with friends. Quote, conspiracy theories are definitely more prevalent in recent times and are one of the symptoms of the pandemic. Symptoms. <laughs> It's a symptom of the symptom. pandemic. Yeah, they, they continue <sighs> to uh, just... build this as a disease. <sighs> Not uh, questioning the mainstream narrative is a disease is the, uh, the message so far. He says that Christians are more susceptible to some conspiracy theories because, quote, a futurist understanding of Bible prophecy has become very popular. Stop. Uh, stop. <laughs> yes. I okay. Stop. Okay. A futurist understanding of Bible prophecy is literally what like the earliest church fathers had. If you read, yes. if you read like the earliest church fathers, what they had about Bible prophecy was, it's going to happen in the future. Sure, so, and the futurist uh, idea of Bible prophecy versus a preterist view of Bible prophecy. 
Yes. And even with the Predators view, there's, you know, there's a Predators, there's the historical view. And there are some people out there talking about uh, Ribera, Ribera, the Jesuit, um, who came up with the idea of futurists type of, uh, you know, the future Antichrist to try to dispel the notion during the Reformation that the Catholic Church was the Antichrist, you know, the Pope was the Antichrist, mm-hmm. to try to reflect on that. He came up with the idea of the futurist understanding of biblical prophecy, but that that's not entirely true. Uh, so anyway, okay. I, it's a whole discussion and, and debate that happens amongst uh, a lot of uh, eschatologically educated folk. But yeah, I do want to mention just in the chat here, a fun little fact guns that we should store away. Flippy official uh, mentions Basil. We don't pronounce the O in Melbourne. It's oh. more like Melbourne. So Melbourne. two things is called Melbourne. And uh, the other thing, Flippy official is from Australia. So good to know. Um, where was I? This interpretation leads Christians to be on the lookout for the Antichrist. No kidding. One world government uh-huh, and a cashless society, he says. Not specifically mentioned in the Bible, but we do like keeping an eye out for that. Quote, they believe the devil is trying to take over the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Okay. This is the- People don't even read their Bible, for heaven's sakes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say that the, the, the who is the ruler? Who's the prince of the power of the air? Right. Yes. So, it's not the devil trying to take over the world. He's not trying to take over. Anyway, go on. It just yeah. makes me angry. <laughs> yes. He doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. Quote, seeing the world through such a lens causes them to be susceptible to anything that would indicate these things are imminent. No kidding. That's how the human brain works. Christian groups around the world have also been targets for Russian disinformation campaigns. Oh, those Russians. Ex- those, those Russians. Those Russians. <laughs> Experts say, which may be exacerbating the impact and reach of conspiratorial ideas emanating from online pulpits. Those James clever Dur- Russians. What? Those clever Russians. Those Russians, man. They're in our heads. James Durdurian, the director of the Center for International <laughs> Security Studies at the University of Sydney, says, quote, snake oil has been around a long time, especially in time of insecurity and uncertainty, and foreign states have been known to capitalize on this. What exactly is he referring to as snake oil? I think just it's all kind the conspiracy of a random theories. little quote. I think he's the conspiracy theories. Is yeah, but how does conspiracy theories relate at all to the traditional uh, metaphor of snake oil? I, I don't know. It this doesn't. A, at it's all. false. This no, it doesn't. It doesn't. He is just talking, but he, you know, he's a director of for the uh, you know center of international oil, security. What snake oil is calling everything Russian? That one hundred percent. That is, yep. I'll give you everything's that. Russian. Don't worry. All, all, everything we don't like is Russian disinformation. So, yeah. uh, just don't listen to the Russians, and everything will be fine. While there is no evidence that Russia has targeted <laughs> Australian <laughs> Christian groups, <laughs> Doctor Durdurian, that is literally his name, Doctor Durdurian, says that because social media is intrinsically borderless, the impact Ooh. of misinformation destined for U.S. audiences can be far-reaching. Again, uh, just a labyrinthian. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yes. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let me he read just... that again. <laughs> 
is just sort of like, you know what this reminds me of? It seems like he's just kind of waving a uh, a ribbon dancer around in this sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while there is no evidence that Russia has targeted Australian Christian groups, Dr. Durdurian says... The, says that because social media is intrinsically borderless, the impact of misinformation destined for U.S. audiences can be far reaching. OK, so what he's saying is, OK, OK, so what he's trying to say is the Russian disinformation targeted at United States citizens is sort of wafting it's over le- to yeah, Australian leaking. Christians, sort of as a. Uh, you know, a, a, a collateral damage or something. All right. Quote, this information is not a precision munition, but because of the very nature of social media, it can spread quite rapidly to other communities. He says, um, let's see. I like here. that word uh, precision munition. Yes. I'm going to zoom through. There's still a little bit more, but I think it's important. Trusting the government on Facebook, religious pages apparently based in Australia can attract thousands of followers alongside wisdom from saints and other holy imagery. One page shared claims that the coronavirus vaccine would encourage the antichrist to take one soul. <laughs> encourage the antichrist. This yeah. is very in- the antichrist. Hey, antichrist. This is very encouraging. I'm hey. going to take your soul. <laughs> Meanwhile, some religious leaders are drawing support from anti-vaccination groups by using social media to speak out against lockdowns. Ann Kruger, the director of the Asia-Pacific Bureau at First Draft, a nonprofit organization that studies misinformation, says religious leaders with conspiracy agendas do use social media to amplify their views. No kidding. Uh, But she cautions, quote, it's worth noting that they most likely represent fringe voices in their communities and do not reflect where their religion stands. Okay, Justin Justine Toe, a senior research fellow at the Center for Public Christianity, points out that most Australian Christians are not conspiracy theorists. She points, well, contrary to what this entire article has been saying, but okay. She points the data from the National Church Life Survey, which surveys millions of Australian Christians that indicates people who are more active in their faith and go to church regularly tend to be trusting of the government. Quote, yeah, right. I don't mm-hmm. even know where to go. I think it mm-hmm. kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Quote, whereas sometimes Australians might be a little bit critical of the government, people who do who go to church and tend to be more conservative and trusting in the government and the system, she says. Saving the faith. As the host of a popular Sunday night talk back program on Sydney radio station 2GB, Cruz Uh, has a unique insight into the thoughts and outlook of Australian Christians. He says there's been a shift this year to more conspiratorial thinking. Huh, I wonder why. Perhaps Mm, because they've been distanced from positive influences in their life. Oh, gosh. (laughs) There's just bad influences. That's why they don't trust the government anymore. Quote, people feel isolated and have no way of sharing their innermost feelings, he says. Uh, except for except for all the over social entire media. <laughs> internet. What are you talking about? They have no way of sharing their innermost feelings. Instead of looking inward and emptying themselves out, they're looking to lay blame. Dude, I don't even know what this guy's saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is making it doesn't make any sense. It's almost okay? like he was tasked to write like, hey, 
just you know you got to bash the the conspiracy theorist Christians. Just here, write something instead and, of looking inwards and <laughs> emptying themselves out. You know, like we usually do, they're looking to lay blame, which we've never done. What the heck are you saying, Cruz? Uh, Pastor Buckingham says Christian leaders should be reaching out to those who might be susceptible and trying to help them navigate misinformation. I think we all should do that. There's a lot of important uh, reasons we should all be reaching out and helping people navigate misinformation. Quote, ask questions, stay in touch with people so they don't isolate themselves. Okay, wasn't yeah. it the government that told everybody to isolate and stay want? locked down? To, what are you talking about? You want them to isolate? You don't want them to isolate. Make up your mind. Uh, ask questions. Stay in touch with people so they don't isolate themselves and try to talk about other things to bring them out of their tunnel vision, he says. That I can agree with. We do need to keep our not get too focused on the bad stuff. But his regular blog posts, which attract thousands of readers from with uh, from with Christian communities. OK, have been part of the, his response. He's also using the Bible to actively decry ideas like QAnon. For example, he points to Ephesians 425, quote, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. OK. For Cruz, it's important that churches give people the same sense of belonging they are finding in the murky forums of the internet. Quote, the church has a responsibility to squash itself down so it ceases being obsessed with power and control and money and gets back to being with the people. The church has a responsibility to squash itself down (laughs) so it is ceasing... So it ceases being obsessed with power, control, and money and gets back to being with the people. Well, there's something I think we can all agree okay, on. So, I'm not but, sure what that has to do with conspiracy theories. Well, that's what I'm but, saying. Like, what, what is this? Okay, so my brain so is like melting. this guy. Yeah, because he's saying, the whole article is saying all these, the conspiracy theorists and Australian Christians has risen tremendously. It's a problem. And then they get an expert that says, actually, most Christians are not conspiracy theorists in Australia. It's really not that big a deal. And then, and then this guy's like, what the church needs to do is stop focusing on power, control, and money and get back with the people. (laughs) A universally agreeable statement. (sighs) That has nothing to do with conspiracy theories. Okay. Uh, The whole thing ends with, it's all about people communicating with each other. You are correct on that. Point. My God! Not like this article, which communicates complete nonsense and yes. confuses people like us that are trying to deconstruct <laughs> what the heck you're talking about. I mean, this is like, honestly, Joey Watson. Come on, buddy. You can yeah. do better. I know you can do better. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. bashing him. I'm saying you can do better. Yeah. I think he was no. just tasked with a, an end result, and see the he problem just had to write with an article. And this is what we always point out. The problem with uh, articles like this is they're so obviously written by somebody who has had no experience, A, in the church, and B, you <laughs> conspiracy know, with, world. With, I wouldn't even or call just, it conspiracy world, just non-mainstream thinking. Yeah, non-mainstream know? thinking. And it's a totally, okay. it, what it does, they always inaccurately portray the people they're trying to explain, they embarrass themselves by inaccurately uh, por- uh, portraying different conspiracy theories. And 
uh, then they just sort of jumble together. They always find someone like a pastor or a this or a that, someone in authority, and just pull a bunch of random quotes that don't connect. It's like they did an interview with this pastor about something else yeah. and just pulled a bunch of uh, pulled a bunch of quotes from it. Hey, that you want to say something about, about conspiracy theories? Because I've uh, got to write a paper on it. And uh, oh yeah, no, we, I don't. But I do want to tell you that the church should squash itself down and stop <laughs> thinking about money and power. And okay, sure, I'm sure I can shoehorn that comment in somewhere in this article. <laughs> okay, okay. So anyway, right. that's, that's what I got. Uh, to our friends down under, keep the faith. <laughs> yeah, keep the faith. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think that does it for the first half. Should we take a quick, 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 quick little break? Do, 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 do. Yes. It's break time. Come on. Take a break. Okie dokie, folks. We're going to take a really quick break, but don't go anywhere. Cause after the break, uh, big news about the Pope. You may pope, have seen pope, it. Pope. Yeah. But we're going to be uh, talking about the Pope and his post-Christmas plans, which uh, shocked me. And I thought it was fake at first, um, but there's some, there's some credible stuff to look at. Um, yeah, mostly just Pope, 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 Space Pope Reptilian, all sorts of stuff. A little, little uh, after, pandemic special stuff. Yes, a little bit of pandemic special and relatively Pope-related. So yeah, mostly we'll get to that. So don't go anywhere, but real quick, we are going to, uh, well, start out by thanking some of our producers for today's show, which is episode 280 of Canary Cry News Talk. Um, and uh, just double checking this. Yep. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's right. I said producers. That's because we are on the value for value model, folks. And what does that mean? Well, you'll notice that we did not, you did not have to skip through four ads at the beginning of this uh, show because we have thrown off the shackles of advertising as a monetization strategy. And yes, we get all sorts of criticism for that. But the problem is, you know, you saw the the uh, social dilemma. You've, you've, you've been on Facebook lately. You've, you've used Amazon. You know all the problems. All, pretty much all of the major problems with the internet and therefore the world uh, stem from advertising. Big data, it's because of advertising. Privacy concerns, it's because of advertising. Advertisements, it's because of advertising. Yeah. Really, at the advertising industry has sabotaged the beautiful thing we like to consider, well, we like to call the internet. Well, one of the and, things, uh, before mm -hmm. you go on, just real quick, sure, sure. I did have uh, a couple clips here. Yes, from, I want to uh, hear them. Yeah, from the Ben Shapiro show. And I mm. mentioned this a few episodes ago. But um, I was uh, checking out Ben Shapiro's show, seeing what he's talking about and the transitions that he has to take to go into the <laughs> ad space are pretty, yeah. are pretty cringy. I know the clip you're talking about. So I will one. play. This is Ben Shapiro talking about the importance of uh, the elections and Joe Biden and how he's being portrayed in the media and, uh, and transition into Let's the, hear it. the advertisement. As we'll see, there are some questions to be brought about just how much of a friend to democracy and freedom of the press Joe Biden is. And meanwhile, the media continue to craft that narrative in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that everybody loves waffles. <laughs> 
Everybody loves oh, waffles. Oh, great. I can totally take you seriously now. Everybody loves waffles. He's, that's not sped up, folks. That is real time. I, I, I can't even talk that. Everybody loves waffles. Fast talkers. Himself. Everybody loves waffles. Everybody loves waffles. Everybody loves waffles. I can't <laughs> even do that. Everybody that's what I'm waffles. saying. Everybody, Everybody loves, waffles. loves waffles. Everybody loves waffles. <laughs> oh, my God. That's talent. You, what a talented guy. Talented game, guy. Man. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So there you go, folks. Advertising it uh, not is not only responsible for the privacy concerns, big data, um, all of the nasty stuff that comes along with Facebook and Instagram and other social media uh, things, but also for ruining <laughs> great points and, in my opinion, taking away the credibility of some otherwise pretty. Uh, Fat for some pretty fast talkers, um, and the fact of the matter is that it, in order to break away from these chains of advertising, it is uh, it's a group project. We all have to do our part, and our part is refusing to uh, do advertisements. It's got us some criticism from some colleagues. Uh, we've gotten we've had to turn down some pretty big advertising. Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? We've been approached. Opportunities. Opportunities, yes. Um, with some uh, big advertising deals. And it's just not cool, man. We all got to, if we want to see the change in the internet space, we all have to participate in it. And that's why we're on the value for value model, which means uh, you are not subject to weird transitions into advertisements, nor are you subject <laughs> to us uh, mining all of your data and yeah. selling it off to advertising firms like a bunch of cattle. You're not a commodity. You're a human being. At least yeah. uh, at this show, you are. And so instead, we're on the value for value model, which means we create some value. We do it pretty consistently, and we like to think we do a good job. And if the media is worth anything to you, you have the opportunity to become a producer and support the media uh, that you enjoy. Don't let some advertising company put a price tag on the media that you uh, that you love and respect and trust. Um, that's uh, up to us to put the the value on what we do. And so that's part of what we do. We let our producers put the value on this media and that'll tell us uh, how we're doing. So one way to do that is go to patreon.com slash canary cry news talk. Nope. CCNT. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash CCNT. It's a pretty easy way to do it. And we have one upgrading producer over there, and that is from producer Liverin. Thank you very much, producer Liverin, for the upgrade. It's uh, hard enough to get uh, new producers. It's even harder to get producers to upgrade. So thank you very much. Thank you. Now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. There's a lot of reasons not to like Patreon, but that's why we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And uh, over there at canarycryradio.com slash support, we have PayPal options, monthly producerships, or if commitment is not your thing, uh, one-time producerships in any amount you like. We also have cryptocurrency and things like that as well. And uh, let's all stand up and uh, hear a rousing round of applause for our PayPal producers who help 
keep this show going. We couldn't do without them. Gons, who's coming in on the PayPal? We got a good handful today. First off, Eli P. Thank you, Eli. Thank you very much, producer Eli. And next up, we have producer Saul A. Coming in again. Thank you, producer Saul. Coming in almost like every episode. Third episode in a row, I think, there, producer Saul. Thank you very much. And next up, uh, I want to mention, let's do this in not in order. Producer Charlie. Thank you, Ah, producer Charlie. Yes, thank you very much, producer Charlie. Uh, She came in with $33.33 just to Ah. trigger everybody. Yeah. And she said, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your guardian grow? Happy, happy, make it snappy. Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> happy what not, you hor- one horse ponies. That, that'll make sense in a moment One here. horse ponies. That will make sense in just a moment as we- uh, <laughs> Producer Charlie, thank you. Play a clip from something. But um, yes, thank you, Producer Charlie, for that. Uh, did I give her a-, a a gong? a gong? Give her uh, another gong. I'll give her another one here. Uh, also, producer William Steele. Ah, William Steele, acclaimed jewel thief. He's actually was in the chat today. I, it's been a while since I've seen him in there. So yeah. thank you very much, producer William Steele. The jewel thief mentioned by uh, the... Oh, uh, he snitched on uh, Jelaine uh, Maxwell. Yes, Maxwell. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, the, he sent a note. William Steele sends his best regards. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. And it didn't make it into our note here, Gons, but uh, it said William Steele sends his best regards. And then he had some jewel emojis. Oh, okay. Emoji. Some bling yes, bling. So All right. He's Makes often sense. Uh, robbing the queen again, I think. Oh, very good. Very good. Just don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> Next up, we want to thank producer Susan D. Oh, thank you very much, producer Susan. Very generous. Producer Susan, very generous coming in. No note. Oh, no, there's a note. There's Dear a note. face, many, <laughs> with many thanks and much love. Thank you very much, producer thank, Susan. Is that, to, is that to you, Basil, face, or is that like face like the sun? I thought it was referring to face like the sun. I okay. Okay. But I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you have a whole face situation going on there too. So that's true. We both have faces. We do have that in common. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, producer Kyle C. Thank you so much, Kyle. And um, this makes Kyle C. a knight. Yeah. Producer Kyle made it to knighthood. Yeah. For those who don't know, we have the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, uh, where over any amount of time, if you pr- help produce the show in the amount of $1,000 or more, you become a knight of the Canary Cry Roundtable. So we'll be knighting Kyle, uh, producer Kyle, rather, when we get all of his information. So that'll be very fun. He might, depending on how snappy he is at getting us his info uh he might be the first night of 2021 or the last night of 2020 oh yeah interesting and uh Um, i just want to mention yeah sorry i do want to mention a comment that's in the chat here because it it just made me feel good so i wanted to say it this is from storm rider over on youtube he says if we believe basil and gons are doing god's work as the church they should get our financial support they are remaining apart from the world appealing to the church for support doing god's will that's very sweet thank you storm rider you get it you understand. And you understand. That, that's also, we agree. I mean, uh, it's always kind of weird 
especially part of the reason why content producers love advertising is they don't have to ask for money, which is an uncomfortable thing. You know, it kind of takes away the responsibility um, to ask for support and takes away the, the responsibility of listeners to support something. Um, and I really liked what storm Rider said here. If we believe Basil and gods are doing God's work, that's totally true. I mean, if you don't think we are doing God's work, then I don't think you <laughs> should really support us. But if you do think we are doing God's work, um, then, uh, you know, th- that makes me feel better about, um, the support we receive, because it's not just willy nilly people throwing, you know, change in a in a can. What it is, is they're supporting, you know, what God is doing through us, hopefully. Amen. So we don't have to do this. Everybody loves waffles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I will say this, I think <laughs> I, I'm, I love the value for value model. It's the right thing for us to do. But. If we were advertising, I think I would have a lot of fun reading those ad reads. I'm sure. I'm sure. I could see me going from, uh, oh, my gosh. And that's why, uh, you know, Biden is going to war with China. And we knew it all along. Speaking of which, everybody loves waffles. Let me. uh, (laughs) You know, what's really funny is uh, the comedian Bill Burr for for people, the older people that uh, Mm -hmm. because he's got a potty mouth. but. if you look on YouTube, he there's like there's clips of him doing reads where he he lost the sponsor because he was he would be reading the on spo- a podcast or something. His own yeah, on his own podcast, he'd be he's reading these these ads and he just bashes on the company. <laughs> he like doesn't even believe you know you can tell he doesn't believe in the product or whatever. Right. He goes after him. It's it's pretty funny. There's some that's, funny stuff in there. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, but I wanted to out. mention producer Kyle. Um, he had been giving, uh, incrementally like $5 at a time from the beginning of the year. And so thank you so much, producer Kyle, for your consistency, along with all the other producers, uh, who have been consistent with the monthly support. And, uh, but this knighthood thing just, you know, he, he went, uh, he went in big for did Christmas it. and he just he did crossed it, so. the line. Thank he you crossed, very much, the producer Rubicon. Kyle. Very meaningful. Yeah, so thank you to all the producers uh, from uh, the producers that provide their treasure. We also have producers that help produce the show in other ways with your time and talent. And first up, we want to thank producer, well, it's producer Charlie, Epony Blaze. Uh, She actually sent in uh, a picture to go along with it here. Uh, Let me pull it up real quick. And this is uh, from the speech we covered earlier in the episode. And um, I'm going to go ahead and she, she isolated the end of the Biden speech, which where Biden's walking off the stage. I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up here. Okay. And he says something very interesting, which will make sense of uh, the notes we got from uh, producer Charlie as well. So he's uh, finishing up his talk. It's kind of hard to hear exactly, but you'll get the jits here. Can you hear that, Basil? Is it too quiet? Barely. Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. I tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. God loves you, man. You're a one-horse pony. So basically what happened was uh, Biden was asked about Hunter's situation there on his mm-hmm. way out. Like He was walking off the stage and... Uh, 
Yeah, and and so Biden had to respond, and his response was, "Hey, man, you're a one horse pony. Do I have it yeah. here? I think I have it." A little low on volume, but yeah, man, that would nice. To, that'd be nice to get a really clean ISO of that. Yeah, I might have to work on that just to have. Uh, was he <laughs> trying to pony. say you're a a one trick pony? I like, think he was trying to say one trick about pony. Hunter, you you only talk about Hunter. Yeah, one trick pony, but he's a, one, <laughs> a you're a one, one horse pony. pony. You're a one horse pony, dog faced pony <laughs> horse soldier. Oh man, uh, yes, everybody and loves back, waffles. Yeah. Everyone loves waffles. And yes, the the edits are very subtle on the the artwork mm-hmm. of uh, Joe Biden here. This is Joe Biden from his Delaware speech. And there's a quote, God love you, man. You're a one horse pony. Very, <laughs> it took very you a second, subtly. Guns. It did. I didn't see I'm... it. There's a couple things. One, there's like a, a, the, is that Baphomet horns in the logo yeah. <laughs> instead of the so. eagle? And instead of office of the president elect, it says office of the president select. Ooh, got it. Very, him. very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> Good job on that one. So thank you, producer Charlie Epony Blaze. Uh, next up, we have our our prolific artist, artist uh, producer Charlie. Mm-hmm. And she sent no, in. Allie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Allie. Allie, Charlie. I'm getting all mixed up. Producer Allie. Uh, coming in with a, a drawing of Basil yeah, looking this, swole. This is great, man. This, our artists make me feel so good about myself. <laughs> this is referring to a uh, reference I made, or a, a, sorry, a quote from last episode. I'm getting swole, but I still have that layer of pizza wrapped around my body, referring to my fitness goals for 2020. And uh, she's... Uh, got me there. Look at those arms, Gons. Aren't you jealous? I'm, very, I'm holding two platters of water jugs above my head. Uh, again, referring to my my retail trickery when I was able to buy all this water, all these water products from my grocery store that wanted to limit limit me to two bottles of water, but I got them. And then wrapped around my uh, my middle there is a, just a giant slice of pizza, which is how I feel, and I think it's a pretty good look. Yeah, this is this is like easy fodder for the Pizzagate conspirators Pizzagate. to yeah, really no. come after you. Yeah, that's okay. I got. Let's <laughs> see. I just. <laughs> I eat so much actual Italian pizza yeah. um, that it's just become a part of me now. Yeah. You are what you eat. Ooh. Like waffles. Wow. <laughs> Everybody loves waffles. Everybody loves waffles. Uh, okay. So thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much, producer Ali. Gaslam Bond's in the chat there. Yes. And next up, we have producer Josiah, who came in with, um, we had talked about creating our own uh, what was it? The world economic, not the world economic forum, our uh, own like Bilderberg group type thing. What was it? Uh, yes. I was trying the- to remember. I made a big deal about it during the show. I think it, the actual thing was earth legislative, legislative coalition was our, uh, club. We were going to start and just, it had such a fancy name that people were going to start listening to us. Uh, I think Josiah, <laughs> Josiah has a different acronym here, but that's okay. You know, we're just kind of workshopping it. Um, and I was describing our logo uh, where we would have uh, an Ouroboros type of brontosaurus creature surrounding a hollow earth 
Uh, he's got WLOC, which I'm going to guess means World, World Legislative, Legislative uh, Office, Orthopedic Coalition. Office of Canarians? <laughs> uh, that might be it. Yeah. yeah, you might need to send us that acronym, Josiah. But he sent us in a couple versions of this. Yeah, this is good. So We're workshopping it. We got one with the Ouroboros and then the Hollow Earth. It looks kind of like a light bulb. Yeah. Uh, and then we got another one, more of the uh, UN style, like a flat hollow earth imagery. Yeah. I like, dragon. I like this one. Oh, I'm waiting for it to come up on the stream so I can see it. Is this the one in color? Ah, yes, there it is. Yes, it's got the classic uh, diagram of the hollow earth. Um, oh, you're again, talking about this one. You're talking about the Agar- Agartha, the Agartha map? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is so, but very good. Thank you, producer Josiah. We are on our way to uh, starting our own World Economic Forum type club where if we just keep posting crazy stuff on the internet, eventually people will start listening to us. We'll just, yeah, we're just going to and we put out a guideline, a new guideline that everyone should follow and yeah. all that fun stuff. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so thank you to all the artists and uh, thank you to Jade Bouncerson. For the timestamps, appreciate that. Yes, that's that. producer Charlie. I, I know. think we should just start saying it's producer Charlie. It's okay. less confusing. All right, all right. I don't know. Yeah, she might want to keep her anonymity with all her. Well, we already gave it away, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she said. <laughs> I don't remember. Shoot, uh, let us know what how you want us to do that. Um, yes. So thank you for the timestamps over there on YouTube after the show uh, goes off being live. Uh, there will be. Um, timestamps where you can jump around the show topic by topic. And if you share the show, it makes it easier for new people to kind of find a topic they want to listen to without having to listen straight through or scrub or whatever. Um, another thing to mention Canary Cry Merch Perch. That's right. Canary Cry Merch Perch, a producer run. Gons and I don't run it. It's a producer dust runs it. Thank you very much. It's the place to get all your Canary Cry merch. There's hats, shirts, bags, mugs, all the good stuff you want. A lot of it has producer uh, created art on it, which is so wonderful. Um, And right now they have the 2021 Canary Cry calendar up for pre-order and it's only 20 bucks. Um, so that's definitely something you should get in on. It's a calendar that has all sorts of <laughs> weird Canary Cry based, uh, not holidays, but the uh, points of interest, uh, throughout the year. Uh, oh shoot. I don't have them in front of me, but I should pull them up next time. Yeah, Things like national, uh, national yeah. cat day, opening of the Georgia Guidestones, gout awareness day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to name yes. a few. It's a great Canary Cry radio themed calendar that'll keep you uh, on schedule for all of 2021. And yeah. uh, everything sold at Canary Cry Merch Perch is sold at cost to keep it as cheap as possible for Canarians. But you do have the opportunity to tip the webmaster, the artist, or Gons and myself. Um, and please do do that. The artists deserve support as well. And uh, Producer Dust has costs associated with running the website. So that helps him out uh, a lot as well. Okay. I think that's it, Guns. That's it. Let's get back. 
from the St. Peter's Basilica to thank God for the past year. Oh, geez, that's going to be a good one. Hmm. However, the writer also said the Pope's comments should not be taken as fact. He added in 2015, quote, he knows he's in the hands of God, and so none of this is predictable. You can look at it two ways. I mean, politically, you could say it is quite clever because he is also signaling to those people who do want to see a change in the church that there isn't much time. He's putting salt on the tail of everyone saying, we need to get this done, so I think you can take his plan both ways. Some of his opponents are waiting for him to go, and they will be encouraged by this. At the age of 79, we are talking here about him stepping down in his 80s in the year 2020. There aren't many men, frankly, who are capable physically, let alone mentally, of leading a massive institution with all the demands that the papacy brings. Speaking to Express.co.uk recently, Mr. Ivory said a lot had changed since his comments five years ago. He added, quote, Pope Francis no longer speaks to his uh, papacy as a short papacy, and seven and a half years on from his election, it is clear he is staying on. This is a pope in full flow with a reform program that is, begin is being implemented with vigor. Next year, 2021, he will publish his new redesign of the Vatican and replace a large number of key appointees. He will also be visiting Iraq in March. In many ways, the COVID crisis has breathed new life into this pontificate. He has a clear mission now to lead humanity through this dark night into a bright future. Ooh. So, so this all came from a guy talking in 2015. Yep. This isn't even a recent... No, his recent comments seem to suggest that he's not stepping down. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say that's interesting because I, I didn't catch that at first that he was talking about, that this all came from a 2015 thing. Um, that's interesting because what a weird time to announce it. Like if it's been around since 2015 and you just announce it two weeks before the year is over. Well, a week now. Yeah, that it is a weird time to publish the article and make this. Because uh, it was published on, on the twenty second, right? Twenty uh, third. Let me double check. Yeah, twenty third. That's what is that? That's today. That's oh my today. gosh! Well, today, yesterday, in in the Italy's there. Yes, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is weird, and how interesting how the COVID crisis, uh, you know, allows him to implement more. It's almost like oh, I'm gonna quit, and they're like, wait, wait, Pope. We will Wait, release. the aliens aren't back yet. <laughs> They're not here yet. We will release the virus to stall some time. And then he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> you can't step down until the alien Pope gets here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I had some notes about the alien stuff just because that's the first thing I know you thought of that all oh, the aliens yeah. are here. If the Pope yeah. steps down, it means Des aliens. <laughs> despite Trump promising to release aliens, despite Israeli space security chief saying there's aliens, despite all the alien talk, the thing that made me actually wonder if they, if disclosure was here was the Pope planning to step down. If the Pope steps down, and makes way for uh, aliens. That's that's. Uh, I mean, that's a dead ringer for me. Yeah, and this book that I'm holding in my hand here, Petros Romanus, written by Tom Horn and Chris Putnam. This book actually predicted uh, the th that this pope, according to the uh, prophecies of Saint Malachi, the prophecy of the popes, this pope is the last pope. Right. So it would uh, it would be interesting to see if he does step down, what happens. 
And in those prophecies, I think Rome burns down or something. Like it catches on fire or like something a comet like that, hits yeah. it or something like that. So uh, it's all going to crumble, which uh, maybe they'll say it was metaphorical as part of the great reset. Um, but, you know, just as just because you had that alien uh, mind, <laughs> not alien <laughs> mind, but like alien on the mind, you know, yeah. where are the aliens? Aliens. Sure. I wanted to just real quick uh, give you a couple headlines here. Uh, fizz.org an updated I'm sorry an updated way to calculate the likelihood of the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations so they have this new calculation here and I thought it was pretty funny because the people who came up with it a small team of researchers from California Institute of Technology NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory and Santiago High School what? California Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and Santiago High School. Why is a high school included? I don't know. In I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they're a part of the research, the research team huh, that came okay. up with this new pretty smart high schoolers. I guess. The team was up uh has uploaded their paper to the RXIV preprint server. Basically, the idea is that uh, it's kind of interesting because all they're doing is, hey, uh, whatever data you have about the universe, plug it in there and then you'll get your results of what uh, what kind of uh, probabilities based on your information, your data, that there's aliens out there. So it's it's really not even a, a really good thing, a good <laughs> methodology, so to speak. It's kind of like, okay. All right, garbage in, garbage out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is the Irish, the sun.ie. Dead space, Milky Way likely littered with dead alien civilizations. Mm, sounds likely. And scientists know where to find them. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. And this study also references the ARXIV database. I think, it, I think they're talking about the same. Uh, algorithm basically that they published here right and and yeah they're just suggesting that based on their data uh the aliens are scattered all over dead in the milky way <laughs> just just a whole bunch of dead, dead aliens. aliens everywhere everywhere and then lastly this is dailymail.co.uk former cia boss john brennan says it's quote presumptuous and arrogant to think humans are alone in the universe he talks about recent declassified ufo videos trying to stay relevant there after stepping down from the cia there brennan uh but there you go some alien alien headlines okay Uh, there we go no no pope yet unless the pope is resurrecting the the billions of dead aliens across (laughs) the milky way i don't think he's stepping down quite yet well, I got uh, some pandemic special uh, Pope adjacent news here for you. A pandemic special. Okay, I'm going to come over from the NewYorkDailyNews.com headline: Two cardinals close to Pope Francis have tested positive for COVID. Oh no! Uh oh, is Pope Francis a super spreader? Uh, Two cardinals close to the Pope, who is considered at risk, are confirmed to have coronavirus. Conrad Krajewski, 
The 57-year-old Polish cardinal who runs Pope Francis's charities tested positive for COVID-19. Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni said Tuesday, Channel News Asia reports. Channel News Asia. Okay. (laughs) Governor of Vatican City and Italian Cardinal Giuseppe Bertello has also tested positive. According to a Vatican source, Bertello is believed to be self is believed to be self isolating at his home in the Vatican. Huh? Very suspicious. He's meeting the aliens. Yeah. Krajewski, uh, who also boasts the nickname of the Pope's Robin Hood for the work he does with the poor and the homeless, has displayed symptoms of pneumonia. Uh-oh. He's currently hospitalized in Rome. Whether either man attended Monday's event, which saw the Vatican's central administration and Pope Francis, 84, exchanging Christmas greetings remains unknown. It should not remain unknown. That seems like something you got to get the contact tracers in there. Vatican City intends to inoculate residents and staffers early next year. Andrea Arcangeli, head of the Vatican's health services, said earlier in December. Oh, so they're not even first in line for the uh, for the vaccine. Have you heard of any other countries besides the UK and uh the United States vaccinating. Uh, I thought so. I thought, I, thought I saw was... maybe some Australians getting vaccinated. Not Italy too, but I don't know. Maybe. Didn't they? Okay. Uh, as as he had, uh, sorry, as he had part of one of his lungs removed as a young man following pleurisy, the Argentinian Pope is also c- is considered high risk for coronavirus. Oh my gosh! Did you know that that the Pope Francis only has half a lung or one lung? I did not know that. That's a new detail. Krajewski and Bertello are not the first people close to the Pope who, to have contracted the disease, which has killed over 69,000 in Italy. Filipino Cardinal Luis Antonio Tegel, who heads the missionary arm of the Vatican, tested positive in September. He's self-isolated and is now believed to be doing fine. When COVID-19 first swept through Italy, the first Western nation to experience its wrath In the spring of this year, over a dozen Swiss guard contracted the virus, as did an individual living in the guest house where the Pope lives. Wow. There's been a whole lot of coronavirus around the Pope. I (laughs) think he is a super spreader. He might be. And actually, now that I think about it, I think we did. It was brief that we covered this one lung thing with the Pope. Did we? At some point. Yeah. But well, it did not get it did not get Put in permanent storage in my yeah. brain. Yeah, I kind of I, I found some trails of the memory in my brain there, but oh, good. Yeah, so uh, there you go. That's that's it. Speaks for itself. Do you um, think? What do you think? Uh, what's going to take out Pope Francis? Is it going to be virus resigning? Going to be or virus aliens? No, we'll do three: resigning, virus, or aliens. <laughs> okay, what, it might be uh, all three. It might be all three, all three at the same time. Yeah, could be. Um, okay, another little update here from the last American Vagabond.com. Yeah. Let, let me do this one because I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, had some highlights here. Okay. But yeah, yeah, this is um, uh, the, yeah, the last American Vagabond. Another flawed data model from Imperial College to blame for latest UK lockdown. Mm. And so basically, oh, yeah. we, we heard about the, the mutation in the UK, right? Right. Well, this article outlines the problems with that whole concept. I uh, got some stuff highlighted here to get through it quickly. Cause it's kind of a long article. 
Okay. It says here, according to the BBC, Johnson, that's uh, uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Johnson's assertion that a new variant, quote, may be up to 70% more transmissible was based on the information discussed the day prior by the UK government's new and emerging respiratory virus threats advisory group or nerve tag. Uh, uh, oh. They're called nerve tag. Nerve tag. Cool. <laughs> Yet, as the BBC notes, this figure apparently comes from a single source, a 10 minute, a 10 minute presentation delivered by Dr. Eric Volz of Imperial college given last Friday, the same day as the nerve tag meeting Vols, a close colleague of the discredited Neil Ferguson delivered the presentation to COVID-19 Genomics UK or COG UK, a research consortium largely funded by the UK government and the Wellcome Trust, and in particular, the Wellcome Sanger Institute. I wonder if that has to do with uh, Margaret Sanger there. Mm. The Wellcome Sanger Institute recently came under fire for, quote, misusing the DNA of Africans to develop a, quote, gene chip without uh, proper legal agreements. Whoa, what? And in, yeah, and an upcoming Unlimited Hangout report. This is uh, the Unlimited Hangout uh, show. Uh, we'll detail the ties of the Welcome Trust to the UK eugenics movement, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. And um, let me go on here. Vols repeatedly downplays the quality of COG UK's sampling, and by extension, the validity of the model used to justify the 70% figure, uh, raising obvious questions as to why Boris Johnson would cite the figure so prominently and use it to justify draconian lockdown measures during the holiday season, as well as the arbitrary creation of a new, more extreme lockdown tier. So, yeah, this guy Vols, basically the source of all of this mutation talk, mm -hmm. is a, the, the, the guy himself says, like, and, and, you know, the article goes on to document all this, but he goes on to say like, yeah, the data is not really clean. Uh, it could be uh, a is problem. Is this a computer model? Is this an AI model? I No, I think it's like, uh, well, it could be, but I think they have the strand of the virus. And so uh, maybe there's a, a computer model. I don't know. It, it talks about it here. Let me see. Uh, um, it says here. Uh, after noting the limited nature of the data set of N501Y, um, which is the name of the virus there, Vols, or the strain, Vols stated that, quote, the growth in cases for the new strain does appear to be larger. He then quickly adds the caveat that, quote, trends you see early on don't always pan out. You need to let more data accumulate. Vols then goes on to compare the transmissibility of A222V and N501Y regarding the model used to determine A222V's transmissibility. Vols states that, quote, model fit is not particularly good, given that, quote, there are lots of outliers early on and there are lots of outliers quite late. He concludes that, quote, we wouldn't expect that a logistical growth model is necessarily appropriate in this case. However, he uses this, quote, not necessarily appropriate model of a poor fit to compare to the new strain. Uh, bottom uh, scrolling through here later on in the presentation, Vols states that the data provided by COG UK was both, quote, non-random and very noisy sampling, bringing into question not only the limited amount of data in terms of time, but also the quality of that data. So just in short, 
the guy who presented the the data, the 70% is, has all these caveats, you know, it's almost like, you know, he said, Oh, this new strain is 70% more uh, infectious, but the data is kind of noisy. We don't have all the information in yet. And, but Boris Johnson ran out the, the door before he can say any of the caveats and announce <laughs> to the, to the entire country that we need to lock down 70%. So, you know what I mean? So, so are we supposed to take from this that there is not a, a new strain or there is, and we just don't know the details or what's the, what's the take from this? I think the take is that there could be a new strain, but does I thought these things mutate all the time. They, so they do. I so mean, it not, was like a couple, it was like a month or two in and we already were reporting 40 new strains yeah. or variants. Right. So uh, the fact that they, they must've just gotten a strain that's different and maybe it, in, it infected a few people uh, in the vicinity. And so and they're just that, using it as a reason to lock everything down, even yes. though everybody's getting vaccinated. Yes. So yeah. I, I just really think it's uh, egregious here. And the, Last American Vagabond here outlines it pretty well, and all the resources and documents are there. Links to this stuff are in the show notes, uh, canarycrynewstalk.com. This is uh, Whitney Webb is the one behind um, this article, and a lot of good articles that are out there. So uh, give her a read if you are interested. But yeah, I just thought it was a, a thorough approach to some of this information. You know, it's not just a fringe blog. They do a good job of really laying out all the data points. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's, there is no new strain it, or it's there is, but it, <laughs> or, I, I mean, there, there is, but well could not, be, there are new strains popping up all the time. Awesome. Uh, yeah. There's, it's not, I don't know. It's not justification. Well, it's not enough to justify what they're doing over there in the UK. And so Boris needs to go canceling Christmas. You mean shave his head or something? Yeah. <laughs> Go eat some no, waffles. I like the hair. The hair is his literally his only redeemable quality. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, speaking of the Wachine Gons. Yeah. Uh, let's take this from newsbreak.com. Yes. Let me hold on. Grab the full story here. No, I'm actually going to take it from telegraph.co.uk. Oh, oh see, yeah. I wanted to get that one, but the paywall prevented me from. So far. Oh. Nope. Yeah, nope. I, get the paywall I got the, the paywall. Well, it's, it'll be quick then. The the headline is women urged to delay vaccine if they plan on getting pregnant within two months. Uh, we went through a whole big thing with pregnant women getting the vaccine recently, and we pretty much landed that if you're getting the vaccine and you're pregnant, you are the guinea pigs. You are volunteering your child to take an untested vaccine. As far as uh, pregnant women are concerned, the little uh, blip they give here, women who receive the coronavirus jab are being told to abstain from unprotected sex for two months. The Sunday Telegraph can disclose Wow, what, what a way to put that, huh? Official guidance for healthcare professionals about administering the new Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine says that women of childbearing age should be advised to avoid pregnancy for at least two months after their second dose. 
Okay, well, if you want to really know why you shouldn't get the vaccine uh, two months or so before getting pregnant, you're going to have to go through the paywall. What a delusionally <laughs> sick situation to be in. You got to pay for to, to really learn why you shouldn't have a baby and get this vaccine. Otherwise, you're on your own, ladies. We should invite fewer people to be born. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we're kind of winding down. You got anything else to? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Leave I us got on? one more. I got one more. Okay. Here. Let's see what you got. Save lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. Breakingdefense.com. Four. Ooh. Air Force tests counter drone microwave in Africa. What? Yeah. The Air Force is testing its prototype drone-killing microwave. The Tactical High Power Microwave Operational Responder, or THOR, let's just skip a few (laughs) letter words in there to make it sound THOR, Uh, quote, in a real-world setting in Africa, says Richard Joseph, the Air Force's chief scientist. Given how Iran and its proxies have used drone swarms, this would seem to be a good place to test without risking escalation or Iran developing countermeasures. Okay. Okay. Quote, we have recently deployed a test system to Africa for base defense based on a microwave system. And the purpose is to be able to disrupt and destroy the performance of drones or swarms of drones. He told the Mitchell Institute today, quote, it's been tested extensively, works remarkably well. I've watched it in action and it's really quite impressive. Now, this is interesting. Why? Why Africa? You know, out of all the places we got bases uh, all over the world. Yeah. Are we having the most problem with drones in Africa? I think what they're saying is that the opposition won't necessarily, you know, develop or or deploy some kind of op technology in in Africa. Maybe. I don't know. Not sure. Why? Why would you need it? Why do you need the anti-drone technology if they're not going to have drones? Well, not dr- um, no, I'm saying they won't have like a, a measure against the Thor, not necessarily the drones. Oh, oh, okay. So they're not going to think they meant. Huh? Interesting. Uh, he demurred on providing details about when Thor might be ready for operational deployment, but he did note that technology development is ongoing and that in the end, the service may choose a different weapon system. That said, Joseph said Thor was, quote, better than anything else the service has right now and noted that, quote, the capabilities that can be incorporated in system are increasing day by day. As only breaking D readers know, (laughs) 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 that's an interesting way to reference themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Only breaking D readers know the Air Force back in August was readying Thor for overseas field experiments with army warfighters in particular keen uh, in particular keen to get their hands on directed energy weapons designed to counter small unmanned aerial systems oh that a crazy conspiracy theory yeah thor uses high-powered microwaves to fry drones electronics shooting swarms out of the sky at short range if anti-drone lasers are like sniper rifles microwave weapons are like shotguns full of birdshot. Nice. Thor was designed by the Air Force Research Laboratory and it uses a radar that 
uh, AFRL bot from Idaho-based startup Black Sage last month. And so, uh, yeah, oh, you're right. Okay, I'm re- I'm seeing this now. Yeah, so they put it in Africa because Iran does use a lot of drones and dro- drone swarms. They didn't want to test it against Iran because that would escalate. Right, right. Uh, the situation. Got yeah. it. Or it would give them a chance to develop countermeasures. Yeah, look at this. Enabling logistics under attack, including figuring out how to protect bases, is one of the Air Force's top four priorities for the future. The Air Force's Strategic Development Planning and Experimentation Office, which leads service field experiments, including the Thor testing, announced in April that it also was going to deploy Raytheon's high energy laser, H E L W S. And high power microwave phaser prototypes for overseas testing. Finally, AFRL is also working on the counter electronic high power microwave extended range air base air defense Woo. chimera. Oh, oh, wow. I don't even know how they get chimera out of it's not a, it's not an, it not doesn't even matter. We must fulfill the prophecy. Designed to defeat targets at medium and long ranges. Um, and then it just kind of goes on a little bit more from there. But yeah, uh, what you, this is what we need on our rooftops. Yeah, I was going to say direct energy weapons, making it to the mainstream. Everybody's got them. You know, this makes me think that the Star Wars future is not going to really work because all those uh, droids and robots, they're just going to melt. They're going to have like, yeah, are gonna well, have it's so many easy to microwaves. scramble electronics like that. You know, know, it makes me wonder if these microwave weapons would you be, would be successful against uh, guided missiles. Uh, yeah, it might be too fast, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it could uh, be. Unless you charge and it would just up. scramble them and you still have a missile flying through a missile, the air. Yeah. Just, yeah. You'd have to charge up an entire region or something. Yeah, and, and still you would have a fry the citizens, fry everybody <laughs> near them. Don't well, worry, we're Five protecting you. Fine, everybody, we're protecting Don't you. Panic. Don't worry, we're all just dousing you with microwave radiation, but it's just it's to protect you. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds about right. Okay, well, you know what? I threw one last story from the World Economic Forum, but I think we should save it for next show. That's a really interesting one. Um. Okay. Are we landing this plane? What do you think? Let's do it. Yep. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. That's right. You made it back. And uh, so did we. And we are just a couple days before Christmas. So for those who uh, uh, celebrate that, have a wonderful Christmas. For those who don't, have a wonderful Friday. And um, we are going to be attempting to come back for one last show of the year on Sunday, December 26th. Seventh, um, yes. that is our current plan. Lord willing, in the creek don't rise. So make sure to put that on your calendar. Turn on notifications. Follow us in multiple platforms. That's uh, so you make sure you don't miss that show. It'll be great. Um, other than that, remember to leave a rating and a review. Search Apple Podcasts or do it on your Apple Podcast uh, player. There, ratings and reviews really help uh, uh, help us out a lot. Tells the algorithms to share the show with those who have not heard of it before. Um, Also, before we get too far down this line, if you haven't done it yet, hit the like button. 
over on YouTube. Uh, also help those algorithms. Thank you very much. And a big old thank you to today's producers of Canary Cry News Talk t- episode 280. That is producer Livrin, uh, Eli, Saul, Kyle, Susan, Charlie, uh, William, and of course our artists, uh, Allie, producer Allie, uh, Josiah, Oh, yeah. William Steele. Sorry. Thank you, producer William Steele. Um, and thank you again, Jade Bouncerson, for the uh, the timestamps for this show. And you, too, can become a producer of Canary Cry News Talk by heading to patreon.com slash ccnt or even better, head over to canarycryradio at gmail dot. No, that is not a website. Canarycryradio.com. <laughs> Slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. Thank you very much to all of our producers, past, present, and future. If you want to take control uh, back from the power of advertising to basically ruin every good thing on the internet, uh, please consider becoming a producer of the show. It really is, I think, a a very viable future of media, and it's the only way uh, to make sure that the media and news that you are receiving, that you can actually trust that there's no advertising or corporate interests behind it. I'm always kind of surprised that there are as many uh, quote-unquote truth tellers who rely on corporate money to support the thing. And if that works for them, that's great. But for us, uh, it's it's a... it's an issue. It's an issue. So thank you to all of our producers for keeping uh, keeping us on track. And of course, for all those new producers coming in, we can't wait to thank you on the show. Now, uh, you can also help out the show with your art. Create art. Create jingles. Show related, please. Send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We'll put you on the show here. As well as musicians, you can write songs, record a song. We'll play it on the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show. It's always a great party. And lastly, just share the show with your friends and family. You got friends and family who are starting to wake up during this holiday season that the world is not what it seems. And that uh, what they're being told in the mainstream may not be the whole story. And we'll be happy to become a part of that journey of theirs, waking up uh, to all the shenanigans. And so send them an episode. Just pick one. This one's great. Last one was great. They're all great. And uh, especially on the YouTube channel there, they can have timestamps and just kind of click around and, and learn what the show is all about. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Cradle of you cages. Cradle of you cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Everybody loves waffles. <laughs> That's right. Everybody loves waffles, folks. Um, let's see. There's one last thing I was going to mention, but while I try to remember it, why don't uh, you say goodbye to all the nice people, Gons? Goodbye. <laughs> 
That's no, right. thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the ongoing support and encouragement. All the producers out there, you guys are awesome. And uh, we'll be back Sunday. That's right. Make sure to uh, to put your your tickets in for the uh, Canary Cry knife drawing. Producer Nigel, he's going to make a cool custom blade for you. And all you got to do is do uh, social media posts, share a piece of Canary Cry material, whether it's a podcast from Canary Cry Radio or Canary Cry News Talk or a YouTube video or the Twitch stream, whatever it is, uh, share it on your social media, tag it with hashtag Canary Cry News Talk. And if you, uh, you'll get one drawing per post. So you really could do a whole bunch of them if you really want to get in there. And uh, if you want to doubly make sure that everything gets counted, go ahead and screenshot it and send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com you're not going to regret it i'll tell you that much okay everybody thanks so much for listening to this episode of canary cry news talk we'll be back hopefully december 27th that's a sunday but make sure so make sure to tune in then but until then think outside the cage everybody loves waffles remember reality is an illusion the universe is a hologram buy gold bye I wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.
Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Started on bidets, man. Bidets, man. Bidets, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you were living the life, man. Bidets, man. I spot a big pair. 
future humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Waffles.